0: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Today's meeting is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Alejandro, would you please introduce yourself and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices?
1: Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Hello, everyone. My
2: name is Sam Guzman with the CLC, and along with my colleague Alejandro, we will be interpreting today's meeting into Spanish. I will now give the instructions in Spanish. Buenas
3: tardes a todos. Mi nombre es Samuel Guzman con la CLC. Juntamente con mi colega Alejandro estaremos interpretando la reunión de hoy al Español.
2: Si desea escuchar la reunión en Español, simplemente vaya al icono de globo en su pantalla que dice Interpretación. Oprima ese botón y seleccione de allí la opción de Español
3: para poder escuchar en Español. Muchas gracias and thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Sam. Welcome to the Denver City Council meeting of Monday, November 6th. 2023, and council members, please rise as you're able and join Councilwoman Sawyer in the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you, and council members, uh, please join Councilwoman Sawyer. She leads us in the Denver City Council land acknowledgement.
4: The Denver City Council honors and acknowledges that the land on which we reside is the traditional territory of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. We also recognize the 48 contemporary tribal nations that are historically tied to the lands that make up the state of Colorado. We honor elders past, present, and future, and those who have stewarded this land throughout generations. We also recognize that government, academic, and cultural institutions were founded upon and continue to enact exclusions and erasures of indigenous peoples. May this acknowledgement demonstrate a commitment to working to dismantle ongoing legacies of oppression and inequities and recognize the current and future contributions of indigenous communities in Denver.
0: Thank you so much, Councilwoman. Madam Secretary,
5: roll call. Gilmore. Here. Sandoval. Here. Alvidrez. Here, Flynn. Here, Gilmore. Or Gonzalez Gutierrez. Here, Heinz. Here, Cashman. Here, Lewis. Present. Parody. Here, Romero Campbell. Here. Sawyer.
4: Here. Watson. Here.
5: Madam President. Here. Thirteen members present.
0: There are 13 members present, council has a quorum. Um, Tonight we have eight amendments being offered to uh, the 2024 budget. This is a reminder that um, amendments may not be considered in numerical order necessarily. So please use the agenda and refer to that order of the amendments. We'll start with uh, 23-1645 concerning rental assistance funding change. Councilwoman Parity, your amendment please. Thank you, council president.
6: Nope. It says I have to restart my computer. I'm gonna pull it up in Legistar instead. Okay. Or I can defer to another co-sponsor who wants to read it. Anybody have it? Up? Oh, I got it. It you worked. It? Look at that. All right, thank okay. you, Madam President. Okay. Um, Council President, I move to strike Amendment 23-1642 to the mayor's proposed 2024 budget and replace it with the following particulars. Number one, on page 85 in the section titled Budget Summary, Exhibit three 2024 combined funds by appropriation expenditure type in the services and supplies column, reduce the total general fund by $7 million. Number two, on page 493 in the section titled affordable housing funds appropriation 16606 and 16607 under the revenues by fund subtitle in the line titled affordable housing property tax and other local revenues fund appropriation 16606 Increase the 2023 original appropriation total by $5 million. Number three, on page 527, in the section titled Denver Human Services, Appropriation 5500000," in the budget detail of the property tax relief program, Appropriation 13813-5581000, reduced the 2024 recommended column of the total program expenditures by $1 million. Number four on page 510 in the section titled Denver Human Services Appropriation 5500000, add a line titled Transfer to General Fund, set the amount of the 2024 recommended column to $1 million. Number five on page 744 in the section titled Transportation and Infrastructure Department Appropriation 500 in the budget detail of Solid Waste Appropriation 505 in the line titled Keep Denver Beautiful, reduce the 2024 recommended column by $500,000. Number six on page 494 in the section titled Department of Housing Stability in the line titled Department of Housing Stability Appropriation 0144000, increase the 2024 recommended Department of Housing Stability total general fund expenditures column by 8.5 million. And number seven, make other appropriate adjustments to comments tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this amendment.
0: Thank you so much, and that's been moved and seconded. Um, All council members were considered co-sponsors on this amendment, so I had Shannon clear the queue, um, but we will take comments by anyone who wishes to make
6: comment um, on the bill. Councilwoman Parity. Thank you. Last week, the City Council passed with nine votes an amendment to fund rental assistance with an additional 14.5 million beyond that budgeted for a total of 30.1 million. Making clear that this priority was deeply important to a supermajority of council. Since then, all of council, our staff members, the mayor and his team, and the Department of Finance have all been working long days to ensure that we as a city are protecting both our residents in need and our fiscal flexibility, which is crucial to meeting the ongoing immigration and housing crises our city faces. We essentially ran out of hours before getting to the full 14.5 million that we passed last week, and we know this sum is still far below the need. But i'm so proud that we came to this revised agreement with full agreement among all 13 of us up here and the mayor on the following changes to provide a total of 29.1 million to keep people in their homes through emergency rental assistance. We're utilizing 5 million in agency savings from across the city in 2023 identified by the mayor's budget office. We're cutting $7 million from services and supplies budgets, not personnel and not capital spending plans across all city agencies, including city council, which is just 1.73% of those services and supplies budgets overall and leaving the mayor's team discretion on how to allocate those cuts. We reduced a proposed increase to the keep Denver beautiful fund by half a million dollars and we pulled a million dollars in unused funds from the property tax relief program while ensuring the sufficient funds remain to match projected uptake for 2024. Since like rental assistance, property tax relief is an important component of housing stability and a council priority. Altogether, we found $13.5 million of funds without using Denver's reserves so early in the year and we have full agreement among council and the mayor. A few key points that need to be made. First, this is an investment in the security of our neighbors. And investing in the stability and well-being of Denver families is just as solid and just as crucial as investing in infrastructure, because we are all impacted when the people around us experience the spiral of poverty and instability and all of the harm and trauma that comes with that. Second, emergency rental assistance is necessary to stop the flood of Denverites falling into homelessness in the first place. Um, But to those who are already experiencing homelessness in Denver, we're committed to your needs as well. I had hoped to amend the 2024 budget to provide for basic human needs like trash trash service, showers and laundry to people living in encampments, but hit a technical snag. In our discussions with homeless advocates, my office has heard that the Portalette toilets now stationed at a few encampments have been life-changing and I want to credit the collaborations between the parks department and advocates on making those so successful, successful where they've been deployed. As a city, we need to build on that success and I will do everything I can to ensure that our existing budgets and contracts are used in that way in the coming year um and third denver cannot solve our housing crisis alone especially while state law ties our hands on both regulating the housing market and generating the tax revenue needed to provide services the city of denver needs our state legislators to step up next session with serious interventions in this worsening crisis because we simply can't keep stretching our limited city resources in this way and we need our federal government to provide significant support and immigration reform to help Denver welcome migrants to our city and keep them housed as well, as the mayor requested in his letter to President Biden and during his visit last Friday. Fourth and finally, to my colleagues on council, thank you for this incredible joint effort in the last week. It was really something to be a part of it. I'm grateful every day to have all of you as colleagues. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you so much. Councilwoman Gonzalez Gutierrez.
7: Thank you, Madam President. Um, and I wanna start off by by thinking, um, thanking my colleagues um, sitting up here uh, with us for the immense collaboration that occurred over the last week. Um, and you know, without, I know Councilwoman Parody and, and Lewis, I, I do want to extend a um, great um, deal of gratitude also to the both of you for continuing to help search for a path forward. Um, I also want to thank the administration and Department of Finance. Um, this is what has led us to secure all but a million dollars of the additional rental assistance funds that we have been advocating for alongside um, community. I think you know we're seeing this year alone, um, historic number of evictions that have happened in the city and county of Denver, much less across the entire state of Colorado. And we know that people are desperately in need. And then here we are entering um, November and December um, which oftentimes, you know, a lot of us think of time to celebrate, right, with our families and with our loved ones. And knowing that I think there will be tons of families who um, might not be getting to do that because we've ran out of the rental assistance funds um, this year, I'm extremely grateful that we have been able to, to take a huge step in trying to address that need um, going forward in the future for next year. I'm very proud that our amendment is backed by all 13 members of council and now um, Mayor Johnston's administration. These funds will help prevent thousands of evictions in 2024 and it is significant progress towards our long-term collective goals of keeping families housed. I'm grateful for the advocates, uh, for community members that have worked alongside us to make sure that this very real need is lifted up and committed to continuing to do all that we can do to address the housing crisis here in denver we know that this is just one of the just very basic ways in which not only keeping people housed but it prevents a whole host of other things we we look at health issues we look at education all of those things and so i'm i am just incredibly grateful um, for everyone uh, coming together to make this actually happen And I can't agree more with um, Councilwoman Parity that there are other measures that need to be taken going forward, and those are policy changes. Uh, And I think those can happen both at the, of course, at the state level, and there's also, I think, um, work that can be done on the local level. So thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you very much. Councilwoman
8: Lewis. Uh, Thank you so much, um, Madam President. I'll keep my remarks brief. I actually just really appreciate this entire council um, and our ability to collaborate to bring this forward. Um, I really appreciate both the new energy of new council members and also the institutional knowledge of the folks who have served on this body um, for some time. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity for us to navigate um, the system together and collaboratively, collaboratively, excuse me, um, and to come to um, this where 13 council members are um, co-sponsoring. It's a very exciting time for me um, and we get to to keep folks housed. So thank you all um, for your love, your commitment and your dedication to the folks within the city and county. Very nice.
0: And seeing no one else in queue, I want to thank um, uh, everyone on council, and especially the three original um, co-sponsors of this. This has been um, uh, weeks of really detailed line-item work. So um, I appreciate the commitment to making sure that um, it was flawless and undeniable um, in our ability to do this, um, which uh, furthered, I think, um, uh, the administration's response that this was not something that could be denied. So, thank you all for doing that. Um, I won't ask for additional um, questions or comments. I don't see anyone else in queue. Madam Secretary, roll call on. A- Sorry, do I have a queue for. Get my notes. Okay. Councilwoman Alvides, did you want to get in? before we Um, move on to the vote?
9: (laughs) I did hop in there for a second. I just wanted to thank my colleagues and um, I'm so inspired by our ability to work together and how important it is to also prevent homelessness. So I really appreciate their leadership and working with everyone on this, so thank you. Okay, Um,
0: great. Thank you, council president. Uh, Madam secretary, roll call on uh, council members, Parity, Gonzalez Gutierrez, Lewis, Cashman, Gilmore, Sawyer, Alvidrez, Flynn, Torres, Watson, Hines, sandoval and romero campbells amendment one to amendment 23-1642 the mayor's proposed 2024 budget
5: gilmore aye sandoval aye Alvitres aye flynn aye Gonzalez Gutierrez. Aye. Hines. Uh, Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Aye. Parody, Aye. Romero-Campbell. Aye. Sawyer. Aye. Watson. Aye. Madam President. Aye. 13 ayes.
0: 13 ayes. Amendment one to amendment 23-1642 to the mayor's proposed 2024 budget um has passed thank you all um council member parity yes that's worthy of some applause (laughs) Um, amendment uh, 23-1640
6: councilwoman parity your next amendment please thank you madam president i move that the mayor's proposed 2024 budget be amended in the following particulars Number one on page 668 in the section titled public safety appropriation 3500000 in the budget detail of safety programs appropriation 350400 in the line titled street engagement team set reduce the 2024 recommended column by $1,025,770. Number two on page 467 in the section titled public health and environment appropriation 6500000 in the budget detail of community and behavioral health appropriation 6501000 in the line titled support team assistance response increase the 2024 recommended column by 1000 or sorry 1,025,770 dollars. And number three make other appropriate adjustments to comments tables schedules and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this amendment.
0: Thank you very much. And that's been moved. Is there a second?
6: There we go. Uh,
0: That's been moved and
6: seconded. We'll first take comments by the sponsor, Councilwoman Parity. Thank you, Madam President. Um, So as anyone who paid attention to the municipal elections last spring heard, we're extremely lucky in Denver to have what is probably the leading alternate responder program in the country, um, the support team assisted response or star program. Um, a summary of what that does STAR is an evidence based and community led alternative to law enforcement response that empowers clinicians and health professionals to respond compassionately and skillfully to people in mental health or substance use crises or those experiencing issues of poverty and homelessness. The program pairs medics from Denver Health um, with mental health professionals from Wellpower to jointly respond to calls identified by our 911 center as STAR appropriate, and then to provide holistic culturally responsive community support services after the original crisis response, primarily through Servicios de la Raza. The STAR program currently includes 16 teams of clinicians um, and medics with nine total vans, several of which are currently being retrofitted and will soon be online. As of September 23, the program um, operates seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. A study from Stanford on the STAR program last year Found that it created large and sustained reductions in criminal offenses Um, a 35% reduction in these offenses in the areas where star operated um, meaning nearly 1400 criminal offenses in just six months of operation that were studied the same study found that the program costs just 151 dollars per offense reduced a number that's less than a quarter of the cost of the direct criminal justice cost for a minor criminal offense, in other words, imprisonment and prosecution. So the direct costs of having police as first responders to individuals in mental health and substance abuse crises are over four times as large as the costs associated with the STAR alternate response model. Um, The overall program budget for STAR saw just a 6% increase from 2023 to 2024, and given the program's runaway success, it merits a much larger increase in the budget. Um, STAR involves uh, multiple subcontractors and has had to navigate the shortages of healthcare and so- social services professionals. Um, and also, crucially, it operates through a community advisory committee. So um, the combination of being a program with multiple subcontractors and our city processes, which are not always fast, um, has meant that it understandably takes time for programming expansions to ramp up. So to answer any concern folks on council might have about STAR's ability to get new funds out the door in 2024, we asked all of the subcontractors to the program, um, what the program could do with more $4 million of additional funding, which we're proposing across three amendments. Um, Denver Health has discussed that with an additional million dollars in their contract, hypothetically, they could add, um, two additional supervisors, six additional staff, and three more vans. And until they have the funds to do that, they can't begin the work it takes to secure the vans, secure the additional staff. So although that takes time, it's worth funding it now because that's what we'd like to see grow. Um, Wellpower responded that they could continuously add to the number of star trains to have more consistent coverage across the city, be able to spread the vans out because there are areas and districts that can't consistently get a star van in response to calls. Um, and they would like to be able to offer more immediate resources for individuals the van responds to, such as clothing, hygiene products, food, water, um, and continuum of care resources. Um, Servicios de la Raza reports that um, after their ramp-up period, they're now fully staffed, um, and that their spend-down rate would quickly eclipse the contract amount that they that they already have in 2024. They have plans for expansion, have multiple com- community partners that are fully staffed up um, and are, are essentially waiting for the budget to be able to... Um, to carry out those plans, so starting with the first, the funding proposed funding source for this first amendment, um, the first of three on our agenda tonight, the total four million. Like many other council offices, my office has been curious about the interplay and efficacy of the many outreach teams that our city um, stands up and funds to go out and have contact with people who are living in unsheltered homelessness. Um, and here is what we learned about the street enforcement team, um, which we and we propose repurposing the funding for that team over to STAR. Um, since being activated in September 2021, the SET team has responded to about 4,500 calls, um, and about 500 of those contacts have resulted in an offer of some kind of assistance that was accepted. That's 11% of calls that actually resulted in a resource referral. Um, each of those referrals, therefore, cost about $10,000 to the city, which is not an efficient use of funds, particularly compared to the efficacy of STAR. Um, SET has also provided actual sheltering in the form of host- hotel stays to 50 people, which is um, a negligible result of said encounters. In comparison, the Never Street Outreach Collaborative, a group of nonprofit partners that the city supports, um, is contracted for 2024 to bring 1,000 people indoors for $3 million or approximately $3,000 per sheltering outcome. Um, so far more efficient use of resources compared to this other enforcement team within safety. Um, You might ask whether what the SET team is actually doing is not resource navigation, but rather enforcing criminal laws, Um, but they don't write tickets, so um, they don't carry out enforcement, they don't carry out a huge number of resource navigation, Um, they essentially contact people living in unsheltered homelessness in response to calls to the non-emergency police line or 311, um, so that those calls can be cleared. This is not an attack on the people who work on that team any more than any budget decision that we make. Um, And I wanna point out that we frequently have job openings on our other city outreach teams and in our 911 call center. Um, I also wanna address any criticism or implication that the motivation for this amendment is an ideological desire to defund the police. Um, And I just wanna say that I'm not up here with a protest slogan. I'm up here proposing that we look at what works to make people in our city safer, concretely safer, um, and conversely, at what doesn't work? We examine the budgets for every agency and program in our city during this process. And the Department of Safety should not be alone among our agencies to be insulated from that kind of examination. We need to fund safety programs with proven effectiveness. We need to fund programs that address the root causes of crime and unsafety, and we need to fund what we want to see grow. So I ask my colleagues for their support um, for this modest shift of resources from the proposed Department of Safety budget, which is the biggest by far of any agency in the city for a form of outreach, uh, from a form of outreach that has been ineffective to one that we know works. I ask my colleagues for a yes vote on this amendment. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you very much. Councilman Flynn.
6: Thank you, Madam President. Um,
10: I would ask uh, my colleagues to uh, vote no on this amendment. The SET program is one of the menu of alternative approaches that we are trying to use to send the appropriate resource to the appropriate situation. This amendment completely eliminates SET as an option. It, it removes it from, uh, entirely from being on the street. The alternative then is gonna be that a police officer is gonna be responding to these calls, and that's not what we want. SET does not compete with STAR. I agree completely, by the way, STAR is a fantastic nationally recognized program, and in the mayor's budget for 2024, he has proposed a uh, 28% increase in funding it. That's good, and I support that, and I support continued growth of the STAR program um, I think uh, I think uh, Councilwoman Parity in her memo this weekend said that they respond to about 35 percent of eligible calls right now, and uh, I would point out that with 300,000 calls for service on Denver Police, police officers aren't responding to all their calls for service either. We have we have not enough money to do everything we want. I think it's crucial that we maintain a full menu of response mechanisms including SET uh, because when someone calls for a, a police response to a situation that's not STAR it's not uh, a crisis of, of addiction or a mental health crisis uh, the SET team would go, should go out there and not a police officer and I uh, I just think that it's a mistake to nip something in the bud as opposed to letting it grow and trying to refine it and making it Work better, just as we did with Star. Star started out this way, very small, and grew. I think it's a mistake to take something out of the menu that can work and provide the appropriate uh, low-level response that Star does not provide. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilman Watson.
11: Uh, thank you, uh, Council President. I'm uh, seeing Will. I'm seeing Tristan. Do you, do you both mind coming forward? for a moment um, i'm i'm curious uh if you i'll start first with, with will and then tristan I'll, I'll come to you next um do you mind introducing yourself sir
1: will Finn, ddphe
11: um, can you provide for the the work that your team um, provides as far as support or, or oversight on um, the, this, did, does your team provide oversight on the STAR program? Certainly. Correct. Was your team um, engaged, actually, I guess my first question would be, did your team ask for these additional funds to meet the goals, the targets, the spending um, that you've set up for 2024? No. Uh, it's $4 million. Your team did not ask for these funds. No. Has your team developed a capacity plan for management of an additional $4 million in order to enhance uh, the work of STAR in 2024?
1: Developed a plan. Do you currently response? have a plan
11: to manage um, STAR with that additional $4 million? No. Uh, Tristan, so it seems like you were...
12: Yeah, hi, Tristan Sanders, Director of Community and Behavioral Health at DDPHE. Um, so have we developed a plan for $4 million in 2024? No, and but I want to clarify. As Councilwoman Parody said in her introduction, there are a number of contracted entities that work on STAR. And Correct. so we have, in the last week that we've known about this, or week plus, worked with them to understand what capacity could they meet in 2024. And so we do have projections uh, from our contracted partners about what they could spend in 2024. That comes to, I think because when Parity had the numbers, it's about $3 million in total. As for additional expansion of what another million would look like, um, our STAR Community Advisory Committee, as well as other contracted partners, have ideas about what expansion could look like, but a, a formulated plan, no.
11: So, I think w-
12: what I'm trying to, to
11: get to with your team, I believe it was, was it uh, two weeks ago, when was it that you provided to us kind of a discussion um, around kind of your uh, the other uh, consultants that you are working collaboratively with and their ability to spend down existing funds as well as to ramp up for future funds? What? How, how long ago was that discussion that we had?
13: That's about yeah, right.
12: so that was relative to the Servicios contract extension about three weeks ago. About three weeks ago. Yeah. Do you recall
11: kind of uh, the discussion we had as far as the ability of that one service provider um, assess the others? Can you you kind of remind council and possibly folks in the audience as to what we discussed?
12: Yeah, I'll do the best I can. So the Servicios contract for STAR is new as of 2023. And so there was remaining funds at the end of their contract period, which was the end of October, uh, mostly because of starting up a new program identifying service providers, identifying the right services to be provided took time, and so actual referrals to services didn't take place until almost May. Uh, Our initial projection prior to that contract even being in place was that it might be sooner, but it was May, and so that's why when we're paying for services and they start a little later, there's still dollars there. And so that was the reason for the contract extension uh, to the end of February when we think that they'll be able to expend all of the dollars in that contract on actual services to clients. So that was the discussion about Servicios. There were questions about what does expansion look like for other programs, and at that time, we had not discussed anything with our contractors, and so the answer at the time was, we, we don't know.
11: So your discussions have been, um, you had an ask of contractors, if additional funds are available, can you use it? Or, or do you are you now going into a planning process to look at how those funds could be, um, Prudently used um, for expansion if that was to occur.
12: I I think it's both. And so the other operational contracts for STAR, and this is good for the body and everybody to know, uh, will be coming up because they lapse at the end of the year. And so we'll be coming back in front of you with the operational contracts for Denver Health and the operational contract for Wellpower for the clinicians related to STAR uh, prior to the end of the year. And Part of our calculation is what does that look like relative to the budget we have for 2024, which is exactly what's on the table. And so we've now asked them for these types of projections. What does it look like if we have the budget we know we have? What does it look like if we have a budget that's being proposed and everything in between? And so we're talking about what is feasible for all of those iterations um, based on what the budget might look like.
11: Thanks Tristan. I'm curious from Denver Police Department, anyone with information on the set team Do we have folks from if you don't mind introducing yourself sir
14: jeff holiday chief of staff uh, department
11: of public safety um sir thank you so much for being here can you clarify kind of from your perspective um what the set team does what are what are they actually hired to to do and what's their work and their scope
14: Thank you for the question. Um, I I think it's important to frame STAR, or excuse me, SET's uh, work uh, in the context of compliance. So, SET was originally conceived in response to uh, the continuing shortage of police officers that were being deployed to uh, calls for low level uh, violations of ordinance. Uh, that was uh, because of the constraints uh, that the police were dealing with in terms of uh, shor- uh, shortage in uh, police officers, pulling them away from more uh, serious uh, response, to more serious crime. So that is the context in which SET was uh, developed uh, and deployed. So primarily, um, that is the, the, the goal of SET to uh, replace police officers in response uh, as an initial response to low-level uh, violations of ordinance uh, and then uh, objectively to work toward uh, advising individuals of the uh, ordinances, the city ordinances that are on the book uh, that may be a cause of concern, uh, generating their, their response. Uh, secondly, uh, to engage individuals to determine whether or not Uh, they are connected to resources, and to the extent that they are not, if they have an interest in having a set member assist them with getting connected to a city agency that can provide uh, the relevant uh, resource, uh, and uh, thirdly, uh, working toward uh, compliance of whatever uh, ordinance violation uh, is in question in response to a call.
11: Is there another uh, outreach organization, from your understanding, and I, I know there are some folks from hosts I may actually ask them this question, but from your understanding of your description of what this team does, is there another outreach team that provides um, this uh, alternative response to police um, enforcement um, as far as calls out for support? Thank you for the question. I think it's
14: important uh, to add some context here or the distinction between uh, compliance and enforcement on the one hand Uh, and behavioral health response on the other. So in that regard, uh, when we're talking about STAR, uh, STAR, uh, to my knowledge, does not advise on uh, violations of ordinance. Uh, They are not charged with seeking compliance where a person is identified uh, to be, uh, or, or identified as potentially in violation of an ordinance. So with respect to that construct, i would say
11: to the best of my knowledge no does set in any way shape or form uh, replace the work that star is currently doing or are those roles in our has is there in a play in those roles how does set and star work with each other
14: no they don't they don't replace uh, i tend to view though the, the the services that SET provides, the services that STAR provides, and the the, the vast array of uh, various outreach teams as complementary services. And in fact, there are occasions, especially during uh, instances of uh, high volume uh, uh, resource referral requests, that many of those uh, uh, teams uh, outreach to SET uh, to provide uh, basic triage and welfare checks. And so they very much work in a coordinated fashion and uh, in a complementary way.
11: And, and one final question, sir. Um, when you look at kind of the, the benchmarks or targets that uh, my colleagues are sharing as far as the difference in, in efficacy in the way SET provides um, mental health or behavioral health support the number of folks that they provide it to and they compare it to STAR, Are those, uh, are the targets and goals as far as the success of SET, is it based on them providing um, behavioral health support or is their focus, as you described, um, uh, the the primary uh, rationale reason for this team?
14: I I appreciate uh, the uh, importance of the exercise in determining uh, the cost per X. Um, I I would respectfully submit that uh, as it applies to SET, uh that it's probably an inappropriate metric to use uh to identify for for instance housing navigation because it's not set's primary responsibility there are defined uh there are defined processes already in existence uh in the city for housing navigation uh that is the resource that set uses uh to refer people that have identified upon an engagement that they're looking for housing navigation uh, and uh, just uh, a- a- as I mentioned earlier, uh, that particular resource often works, also works in a complementary fashion with SET, in that when they are overloaded, they, they will uh, ask SET to provide
11: uh, welfare checks for folks that they can't get to time. And Madam President, I have one final question for Chief Thomas. Chief Thomas, do you mind coming forward? Thank you so much, sir. And sir, if this amendment passes and SET no longer um, exists, um, what, um, who would take on the responsibility for the calls that would have gone to SET? Would those move to an expanded STAR program, or who would take those calls on? I think
15: it largely depends on. Uh, thank you for that question. I think it largely depends on the type of call. I mean, obviously, if there is a criminal component, then then the police would be responding. Um, certainly there are occasions where star is indeed the most appropriate response i think you know i think i appreciate you know councilman flynn's point that this is you know yet another kind of tool in the toolbox i think that is you know that you know I, i would hate to see taken off the menu thank you
11: chief thomas thank you madam president thank you
0: councilman hines
16: thank you council president um so this is a little bit of a challenge to legislate as Uh, We got the text of the amendment on Friday night and the uh, detail on Saturday night. So sorry, we're having to kind of do some of the uh, committee work here in an amendment on the floor. Um, So here's my challenge on April 3rd of this year, um, we had a presentation or we, we passed on city council uh, presentation that uh, that was presented in committee. And um, on that April 3rd, um vote we were told that we would have 16 teams 10 vehicles uh operating 24 7 throughout the city as a result of the additional allocation of funds that um what that we voted on on april 3rd so um and then in the budget hearing which was just a few weeks ago um i brought that up i brought up this uh, this specific slide and i said um what i don't i don't understand uh because the budget hearing says that we still don't have 24 7 um uh star presence citywide and um and i think it was as i understand it and i'm uh, i guess ddphe if you you're welcome to either defend yourself or not um or or agree but i think that the the case was because of uh lack of staff and lack of supply chain uh creating delays for vehicles um does that sound right yeah council member that's that's correct so Uh, the budgeted amounts
12: were what was quoted and we aren't all the way there there are 16 teams i believe maybe 15 16 teams but we do not have the full suite of vans that we intended to this year yet Uh, i believe a couple of those are actually being outfitted as we speak once we do get there i think that the information you have is correct that we will be able to provide that level of service but being able to purchase those being able to outfit them being able to hire that staff has been delayed and so that's that's why
16: it's, it's not. So, that. so the challenge isn't money the challenge is the timing to being able to hire the staff and um and and the supply chain for the vehicles to purchase to retrofit or outfit or whatever the answer is
12: i think that's correct i you know i don't have a crystal ball i don't know what the supply chain for vans is going to look like next year um, but, you know, I think the point our contractors have made is that, you know, this is what we think we can get, and I think we go by what they tell us. And so that's our estimation of what's feasible versus what's really not reality, and, and that's where we're trying to land.
16: And uh, and then we also uh, heard it in, in the news, um, you know, the, <laughs> this is weird that I'm quoting the news, which is ultimately quoting you and us, Um but uh, trying to find the date, um, October fifteenth. So you know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was saying that um, that Servicios is um, is asking us to push seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. And I think I think we've already kind of covered that um, uh, just in the last few minutes um, or in this in this conversation. But that uh, the challenge was that again. There's seven hundred thousand dollars unspent. The issue is not the money. The issue is um, supply chain and and uh, and and human resources. I think
12: I, I would classify the Servicios contract a little bit separately because it's new. And so actually, the reason seven hundred thousand remains in that contract is that direct services to people started later than we anticipated. It was not necessarily purchasing vans. It was not necessarily hiring. In fact, I think the article we've asked for a retraction about staffing because that's not true for Servicios. Okay. Um, and so it's really about direct services to people. And so those didn't start until later and that's the biggest expense in that contract. And so given that that lag time was there, that's why there's additional funds left to, to need to push that in an additional four months.
16: And and so then we would have some of this these funds available in 2024, okay. So um, how much of the budget is already allocated to STAR? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, sure. uh, the, uh, the proposed 2024 budget, do you know how much is uh, the proposed pr- 2024 budget allocated to star outside of these amendments? Full amount allocated to star? Yep.
12: Yeah, so the total amount allocated to star in 2024 is about 6.3 million. It's important to understand that there's a large chunk of that that is a grant from Caring for Denver, so that isn't reflected in the general fund line. <laughs> yeah, thank,
16: thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, and how much money will be pushed to 2024? Like for example, this Servicios um, $700,000 extension.
12: So there's there's about half of that $700,000 that'll be spent in 24, that'll be out of a grant. We're projecting the expenditures, the actual expenditures on star of the budget that we had in the general fund to be expended almost right to the budgeted amount. And so I don't expect that there'll be much carried over.
16: That's what you're asking. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, thanks. I want to think a little bit more about my uh, further questions. Thank you, Council President.
8: Thank you very much. And we have about six folks in queue. Councilwoman Lewis. Uh, thank you, Council President. I'll keep my remarks brief. Um, <clears throat> STAR has um, been held up nationally as an example of a program doing good to decrease direct contact with armed police officers and I would be proud of our city to see it continue and grow. Thank you.
7: Thank you. Councilwoman Gonzalez Gutierrez. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I do have just a couple of questions real quick because I know we had a presentation, um, I wanna say a few weeks ago, but it probably was last week, (laughs) um, about SET and and just trying to also understand both SET and STAR, and I know I had asked these questions before, but the first question I have is, because I know we're hearing a lot about Servicios, and I wanna just clarify, are there other contractors, other um, entities that are providing STAR, like that are, are administering or implementing STAR program?
12: Yeah, I'll try to make this as clear and simple as possible. So the, there are two contractors that operate the, on the actual vans that respond to calls into 911. One is a DHHA employee, Denver Health and Hospital Authority. It's either a paramedic or an EMS person, EMT technician. The other is a WellPower employee, so WellPower is the other contractor, and that's a behavioral health clinician. That is the main response that goes out for when STAR is dispatched. When they are with a STAR client, they are doing assessments, they are doing you know, de-escalation, they're doing a variety of work for that person in crisis. They can refer that, price, that person to the Servicios network of folks that provide wraparound services. So that's everything from legal support, to immigration support, to welfare, et cetera variety of services from Servicios, and those are the three primary contractors for start. There's other contracts that are mainly for, I'll call it administrative, evaluation. So
7: what this amendment, what we're talking about in this amendment doesn't just go to one of those entities. It would be for the entirety of the implementation of the program.
12: Yeah, sorry to interrupt. So really, if we are gonna expand any one of those pieces, we kind of have to expand all of them in concert, mm-hmm. if we have more vans that are responding to more calls, there's more referrals to the network that Servicios manages, so it all has to come together.
7: Okay, thank yeah. you for clarifying that. I just wanted to be very clear on that. Um, I do have another question for you. What types of calls um, does STAR respond to? Just a general, like Andrew? high level. <laughs> uh,
12: so actually, Andrew Dameron, who works in 911, manages dispatch, and they would have the best information on that. Uh, but basically, any call where there's not a threat of violence, there's not a threat of self and others, but there is obviously a mental health crisis or substance use issue going on, that would be eligible for STAR.
7: And none of the people that are employed by STAR are are um, law enforcement officers. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think I might ask um, Jeff Holliday, maybe he might be the right person. Um, can you tell me what kinds of calls SET responds to?
14: Uh, again, Jeff Holiday, Chief of Staff, uh, Department of Public Safety. Um, the question, I think if I heard it, I, I was walking up, what sorts of calls the, does SET respond yeah, to?
7: Yeah, it's the same question I asked the STAR yeah. folks. Just.
14: Primarily uh, calls of complaint uh, for any number of um, uh, alleged uh, violations of uh, lower-level ordinances, trespassing, uh, um, uh, unauthorized camping, littering uh damaged trees uh those those sorts of calls Uh, further those calls uh, come from a variety of sources so some of those calls come from uh, police non-emergency some of those calls come in through three one one. some of those calls come in uh, by way of complaints to the mayor's office some of those calls come in by way of complaints to uh, your council offices Um, and uh, some of those calls come by way of other
13: city departments
7: thank you for that and um and also to clarify set team members are also not law enforcement officers but they are able to administer citations that's correct okay Um, thank you very very much um madam president i just have one thing i wanted to add as a comment here um in looking at because this was a question that i had as we were having this discussion um last week around the differences between the two and and so i you know of course just go online to see and so this is where, you know, I have some pause as far as, you know, trying to figure out what is the difference. Um, so if you go to set, it says, um, I'll just read it here. It's a civilian-based, unarmed six-person unit that will have delegated enforcement authority to issue citations for low-level quality of life ordinances. Um, it also goes on to say community complaints have increased uh, in relation to local ordinance violations in recent months. The set program is a direct response to communities call for innovative action that encompasses both trauma informed approach and addresses concerns using well trained civilians for enforcement measures. And then if you go to star on the city website website as well, it states um, support team assisted response program is an alternative response team that includes behavioral health clinicians and paramedics to engage in individuals Experiencing mental health distress and substance use disorders, STAR responds to low risk calls where there are no significant safety concerns. I am still struggling to still still see a clear difference between these two responses other than the fact that folks that are um, hired under SET can issue citations versus under STAR, they do not have that ability. Um, Not that that is necessary, um, and so that—that that is, I guess, part of my pause that I have. And I—and I know I expressed this last week around looking at how we're utilizing resources and what agencies that they fall under, uh, and if we're truly trying to address the root causes, and we're truly trying to find um, the way to approach people that are, um, you know, faced in with with difficult situations. Um, I will be supporting this amendment tonight, um, and I want to continue conversation. And I know I've reached out to Department of Safety um, to have that conversation to understand more about set and, and the really the purpose for it being under that department. Knowing that if we expand a program like STAR that is essentially doing all of these things, but issuing these um, civil violations, these um, the tickets. Uh, I would be interested to know how we can continue that work. So thank you, Madam President. Thank you. Councilwoman Sawyer.
4: Thanks, Madam President. Um, I'm actually going to just give my comments for all three of the STAR amendments at the same time. Um, So this amendment um, with regards to the SET team is the only one that I am comfortable even considering. I will be a no on the other two um, for various reasons. The reason I'm willing to consider this amendment with, uh, the set team is because I think that we have seen and had discussions about over the last several months with the new administration and over the last year and a half with the former administration um, that there is, there is duplication of services between contractors that we have contracts with and city staff. Um, so for this year, I am willing to be a no on this, but I would like to request from the Department of Safety, um, that there be um, some sort of clear assessment of all of the different outreach contracts that we have with all of the different service providers, I would like to see at the end of this year, um, at the end of 2024, a a clear presentation on um, what contractors are doing outreach um and what that outreach is is offering versus what we are doing and what that outreach is offering because i'm just i'm willing to give it another year but i am not convinced that we're not spending money that doesn't need to be spent duplicating services um between contractors and city employees so for for this year um with this amendment i i was ready to be a yes on it but as i as i hear kind of the conversation um i'm i'm willing to hold off a year but no promises on the 2025 budget um i really need to see the efficacy of the set team um and the value that they are providing to our community versus um, the outreach that contractors are doing that we're also paying for some of this work so Um, that's that one. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with the other two amendments. I think the aid center is new, um, and it needs time to get its legs under it. And it needs to, um, to prove its its efficacy next year as well. It will no longer be new at the end of 2024. And so I would like to see, um, the value in the services that we're providing with the aid center, uh, coming at the end of 2024. Um, with regards to the final amendment that's coming forward, um, for star, I am, I am not even willing to consider it. I think the number one thing I hear from my residents and I know that this is the case because I ask them every year, what, is, uh, what are your top concerns um, in the district five community? And for the last three years, the number one response has been crime. Um, it wasn't it was number three when I first came into office in 2019 but with the uptick in crime that we have seen and the reduction in officers that we have seen since 2020 um, crime is the number one concern of my residents and I am not willing to take out a recruit class um, or a rec- recruit class and a half um, in order to uh, to fund this program I think star is amazing I would like to see more money for it um, there are other city programs that I think that are amazing that I would like to see more money for, from too. This is a tough budget year and we've gotta make trade-offs. Um, and so for this year, my trade-off will be um, to focus on this community safety. But Jeff, I'm looking at you for 2025 when we have this conversation. I'd really like to have some better in-depth information about those two um, sections and really appreciate that. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilman Romero Campbell.
17: Thank you, Madam President. Uh, I, as I'm listening to the conversation and with the conversations previous to this, I don't think that there is any doubt in our mind that STAR is an excellent program um, and that STAR needs to be expanded. I think um, I've also heard very positive things about the beginning of and figuring out um, the set program. It's having multiple tools in our toolbox to be able to... Um, to be able to respond to the different needs that we have in community, um, I too, also in my district, hear a lot about crime, um, and I don't think the star team can address street racers or um, some of the other, you know, porch pirates that we have going on. I mean, I think that there are different, there are different responses that need to, um, uh, we need to have different strategies and different tools to respond. Um, that being said. Uh, For me, it isn't an either or conversation and I feel like we're getting into an either or conversation and that does a disservice to us to be able to address the complexities that we have um, when we are talking about our broader community. What I do know is that if we are looking for $4 million and this is a national model, we have a very robust, robust philanthropic uh, community here in colorado and i think that we have other places that we can advocate and look for that funding outside of our city budget knowing how tight it is at this time so it's not a for me a um a vote against star what it is is i think there are other places that we can find money not only nationally but locally in our Philanthropic community to be able to support the expansion of STAR and to also look at the um, various programs that we have. Now, for the set team and for those uh, for the other amendments that are there, I think we need to closely look: Are we measuring the right thing? Because you know, you you <laughs> you um, have a program and you have it tailored to what you are measuring. So. I think it's very important for us to maybe take a closer look and say, are we measuring the right thing? Do we need to measure something different? Because then the actions of each of those teams, whether it be STAR or SET or the Eighth Center, they will be geared towards meeting those outcomes. Uh, that's that is my rationale and thinking behind this. Um, so for today, I will be um, I'm a yes for star, but I'm a no on this amendment. I think we can find the money not in our city budget, but in our broader philanthropic community.
9: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Councilwoman Alvidres.
17: Thank you,
9: council president. Um, I think one of the hardest things about being a new council member has been figuring out what every single department does and what the process is for um, serving the people of Denver. And it's been really complicated and, it's really, you know, going back to what my colleagues have said. What does STAR do? What does SET do? At what point does the co-responder program come into play? Um, so that makes this an extremely difficult decision, and I don't feel like I know enough about SET or what they do still. Um, and I feel that being up here is such a huge responsibility because we have people's jobs in our hands sometimes, and and that's that's a big responsibility and something really important to take into consideration. And I think as we move forward, it would be helpful to see more of the results and to have a better understanding of what, uh, who responds to what. Um, but I just wanna thank uh, Councilwoman Parity for her work on all of these amendments. Um, I commend the effort and will continue to um, do my best to make good decisions for the people of Denver. Thank you. Thank you. Councilwoman
0: Parity, can I go to Councilman Hines before circling back to you? Sure. Or actually, both of you were up. Yep, let me go to Councilman Cashman.
2: Thank you, Madam President. Um, you know, this uh, discussion really brings up to me um, another topic that Councilman Parody and I have been talking about, along with some of my other colleagues, which is establishment of an Office of Neighborhood Safety that uh, other cities nationwide are experimenting with as a hub for non badge and gun programs, uh, you know, the public health approach to public safety. Um, I agree with what a couple of my colleagues have said as far as I really do think there's a need for um, a fresh look at all of our outreach programs. I, I tend to see them all functioning in different <coughs> areas but um, I, I think it's a, a good time to have that evaluation. It never hurts, right? Be sure we've got the right people walking down the right, right track. One thing that really, uh, uh, let me back up. You, you gotta be uh, living in a cave if you're not a big fan of STAR. I remember the first year that STAR was out, I think we, the big trumpet was we had 716 calls that STAR served, and no badge and gun was required on any of them. Now I think we're up over 4,000 calls a year. It is, as everyone said, a, a spectacular program. But I met with uh, a couple of STAR employees recently who said their biggest concern was the services weren't available that the people that they're picking up off the street need. So, in addition to this discussion that we're having about this amendment that I think is critical and uh, you know I've said from the beginning, I think we, I don't know where the money's going to come from, but we need to spend historic amounts of dollars on that public health approach. I mean, we can get as many star vans as we want if they've got no place to drop people off what the heck good is, is that doing and that was their frustration in this conversation that, that, that I had. Um, so um, that, my, um, my feeling this evening is, um, as uh, again, I've heard a couple of my colleagues say, um, I'm gonna give another year to the SET team and to that evaluation, you know, we're coming to this, this is a unique budget season. Most of the budget was put together by the Hancock administration, a few months with the Johnston administration looking at it. Next year's budget is all gonna be on Mayor Johnston and his team, and I will expect somewhere, we gotta come up with money if it's going back to the voters for another pool of money. Um, Everybody that I've talked to, from the chief to the DA to the city attorney, um, everybody says we can't arrest our way out of crime. We've gotta shut down the the, as as I've said a million times, we've got to shut down the pipeline that keeps pushing people out on the street with no other choice that they see to get their needs met, than turning to crime. But we've got a whole lot of need for mental health. We've got a whole lot of need for substance abuse, and we've got we've got to um, we've got to do a better job with the aid center, and the services available there. So when whether it's STAR or whether it's Uh, uh, officers in blue uh, come to the aid center that their services, they are available. So uh, that's what I've got to say and I'm sticking with it. Thank you, Madam President. Thank
0: you. Um, Councilman Hines, uh, Flynn and Watson, I just wanna time check and um, I wanna try to get through the star bills or star amendments before we break for general public comment um so that's about 26 minutes from now
6: so um councilwoman Parody, are you up next yeah thank you so much i wanted to ask jeff a few follow-up questions if you could come back up to the mic thank you so in talking about um the set team really being a compliance team rather than a like resource navigation team i wanted to get a little bit to what that means um could you talk about sort of compliance with what and how does the set team achieve that compliance
14: uh, before i come to that i just want to acknowledge uh councilwoman sawyer's uh request uh, I, I received it and uh we will we, we will work on that um the the set team has uh, been delegated authority um uh, to seek compliance around a select uh, number of low-level ordinances from the executive director of safety's office. Uh, that includes, uh, by way of example, um, um, trespassing, uh, littering, uh, damage to trees, unauthorized camping, and the, the list is longer than that, but that gives you uh, a flavor of, of, what, uh, um, uh, of what those are. Uh, in, in terms of uh, how they go about doing that work, Uh, they engage with an individual when they have received a complaint uh, through one of the mechanisms that I previously identified, uh, and then they seek uh, to engage with that individual uh, to determine whether or not the person understands that uh, what what the specific uh, allegation of violation is, uh, what that means pertaining to the applicable ordinance, and then uh, to um, work with the individual uh, to try to gain compliance and no longer engaging in the activity uh, that is uh, related to that, uh, uh, that particular ordinance.
6: Okay, and um, both trespass and, and illegal camping, um, so com- compliance with those ordinances would essentially mean the person needs to move, is that right?
14: That, that could be the case, yes.
6: Okay. Um, does the SET team often encounter the same person over and over again, to your knowledge?
14: Uh, I'm sorry, Could you repeat that?
6: How often does the set team sort of get get called to have contact with the same people um, over and over again? Uh,
14: I don't I don't have a specific number at my fingertips, but I think it's fair to say uh, that it is not uncommon to run into the same person uh, multiple times over over uh, some defined period. Okay.
6: Because presumably folks who are you know camping illegally are un- unsheltered are living in homelessness, are trespassing on private property. They're doing that because they don't have somewhere else to go.
14: Well, sometimes they are trespassing on private property and those instances when when we receive a complaint and we're able to triage that to set in in lieu of uh, sending a police officer, uh, then that's what we do and that's what they work to try to resolve.
6: Okay, and these are non-emergency calls, right? To 311 or the non-emergency line for the most part, not to 911? Uh,
14: sometimes those uh, calls can come through 911 uh, I think you are you're aware that uh, set is connected to the uh, dispatch center and so uh, if it's a case where 911 can divert the call to set uh, it uh, will do
6: so and and that would primarily be because it's it's the type of minor offense that set addresses that the 911 call is about, right? As opposed to something more emergent like a fire or violence or something like that. Set doesn't respond to those kind of calls.
14: Yeah, it's, it, it's a fair question. Of course, uh, you understand, Councilwoman, that we don't control uh, the, um, um, the 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 uh, decision for individuals to call into 911. Um, in fact, and I think you've heard testimony. Uh, In council, that uh, a a great number of calls that come into our 911 uh, center are non emergency calls. Uh, That is what it is. Uh, And in situations where that happens, uh, we do our best to try to triage those calls appropriately.
6: So, what would be the outcome um, if rather than sending either a set team member or an armed police officer, um, we just simply didn't respond to calls about things like? trespass and illegal camping, um, and instead relied on our behavioral health programs, our housing programs um, to eventually get those folks into a situation where they are not um, living outdoors, whether on public or private property.
14: Well, it, it calls for speculation on my part. Uh, so uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, um, uh, issue aside for uh, a second, I would imagine uh, that we might see uh, similarly to what we saw Uh, around the time of the pandemic that we would uh, that we experienced um, a significant um, uh, um, uh, growth in the number of complaints uh, that we were getting through any one of a number of our um, of of our communications uh, for constituents into the city Um, so at the very least uh, i think that uh, it's it's probable that uh, that we would see a reoccurrence of that
6: So um, I thank you, Jeff, I really appreciate that. And I just, for my colleagues, I think the question is just um, in this tight budget, uh, whether it's worth spending this kind of money, um, primarily to move people along, rather than to offer more impactful and permanent um, solutions. And Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you, Uh, Councilman Hines. Uh,
16: Thank you, Council President. Um, I just wanna say STAR is fabulous. Uh, When I took office in 2019, it didn't exist. Uh, you know, as as many know, I represent the center city and uh, and star spends more time in District 10 than it does just about any other district. Um, I see the benefits and I'm excited about ramping it up in a measured way. Um, after all, in April of this year, the, this council voted to add another more than three million dollars to Wellpower power and D.H.H.A. Uh, and now U.S. Senator Michael Bennett is advocating for this to be a program taken nationally. Um, so we went from. 2019 when it took office then police chief Pazin said denver was the sixth safest large city in america and he had a plan in five years to make it the safest large city and now um, we do a um uh, we hire a, a statistically valid survey firm uh, to do a survey in liberal district 10 and as of uh december 2022 we do it every december uh the top issues in district 10 were the unhoused and then public safety so um you know in this uh this amendment, and I'm gonna talk about all three at the same time, uh, I, you know, the, the thought is about the efficacy of the SET team. Um, I, am, I agree with a couple of my colleagues and I'm gonna um, let this sit for one more year, uh, but I am concerned about the variety of teams that, um, that we want. Um, and I wanna make sure that all of these, uh, these teams are necessary um, after all, I mean, when I, when I see all the teams, uh, it's like a, a complicated flow chart and if we need a complicated flow chart to describe all the different ways we reach out, maybe we need a simpler flowchart. So talk, I was going to talk about the other, uh, the other two as well. Um, for the aid center, I'm actually excited about the aid center. It's also in my district. It's just a couple blocks from here. So colleagues, you can get over there in less than 10 minutes. Um, they've helped more than a thousand people since they had their grand opening in February. Um, as an example, there was a gentleman camping on the 1100 block of Lincoln. And, uh, and I said, I uh, talked to him and I said, why are you here? And he said, well, I don't have, uh, lost SSI. And I said, well, why is that? And I said, well, I can't find my ID. And I said, well, you know, the aid center is just a few blocks away and they can get you an ID. And he said, well, my ID is actually from Oklahoma. And I said, well, they tell me they can do that too. So... Will you challenge them for me? Will you see if they'll uh, they'll actually do it? Um, and he said, "Yes, I would." Um, I've never seen him again. I wanted I asked him, <laughs> frankly, I asked him to uh, to report back and let me know uh, what the uh, success was. I didn't hear that, but I haven't seen him again. So I hope that he was able to get his Oklahoma ID. I and I actually went over to the um, to the aid office, and uh, and they said they were able to find someone. Uh, or that we're able to help someone with an Oklahoma ID, and therefore connect that person to services. So, uh, it is a new program. Um, I have seen at least one data point of success. I've seen that they've made, uh, they've had a thousand people come into the office, and uh, and have at least made a, a, you know a thousand contacts. And so, uh, I think we should continue with the aid center. So, um, I, I love the star. Um, we have demonstrated in April of this year that we can add more money mid-year, because we did, we added more than $3 million, so uh, in April of this year. So if it turns out that we um, find another opportunity where we don't have an issue with personnel, we don't have an issue with supply chain, we have an issue with money, we can add it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Councilman Flynn.
10: Uh, Thank you, Madam President. and Thank you, uh, Councilman Hines, not just for that, but your earlier remarks and Councilman Cashman. Thinking about them both, I think, that uh, all three of these amendments uh, to basically eliminate the set program, eliminate the aid center, and to cut the uh, hiring of police recruits uh, to put $4 million additional in the STAR program. When you look at the budget, the mayor already added 28% to the STAR program for next year. An additional $4 million would more than double the STAR budget next year compared to this year if they couldn't... Put out all the services this year they certainly wouldn't be able to do more than double that to hold set accountable for not meeting some of the benchmarks that star meets in areas that set isn't really working is sort of like uh, criticizing the, the colorado rockies for not scoring enough touchdowns last season they're really different things and that demonstrates that we need to have all of these tools to respond appropriately to each circumstance that calls for it. I don't want to end set and have to send police officers out in Southwest Denver on these low-level calls because STAR does not respond to those. Thank you, Madam
0: President. Thank you, Thank you. Councilman Watson.
11: Thank you, Madam President. And um, I, I love STAR as well. As I, as a former chair of the Department of Housing Stability, I had the honor of uh, supporting one of the first budgets uh, for STAR and supporting their work I think, as Councilmember Romero-Campbell said very clearly, um, I'm a yes for STAR, but I'm a no on this vote, and I'll, I'll follow Councilwoman uh, Sawyer's process and simply communicate my votes on all three. And I'll just call it uh, call it a day. I'll be voting no on on each of these. Um, I, I do not believe in canceling more than a, a recruiting class and a half. I don't support um, ending um, the AIDS Center, and I've already spoken on set. Very quick comment. Um, We have throughout this process um, elevated the thought that budgets are moral documents. Um, I could not agree more. Uh, Let's be clear, budgets are also planned documents. Each agency, each department devotes months reviewing capacity, spend, efficiency gains, attrition, goals mandated or internal to develop a budget that based on the expert analysis of professionals trained and paid to optimize every penny of your taxpayer dollars to deliver with excellence the service services that it provide to the residents across our city our departments take this responsibility seriously as they should and i thank you all for going through this budget process with us tonight we will debate amendments um, brought forward by council members my colleagues uh through our powers within the charter having the power is essential it is important for our people-powered democracy with that power comes great responsibility and based on that responsibility as i stated I'll be voting no on each of these amendments. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you, Um, I'll just wrap up with uh, uh, comments of my own. Um, Not speaking to the sources of the funding, um, the message I've received from members of the Star Advisory Board is that they're not ready for more money um, because the overnight services have nowhere to send people. So if we can focus on ensuring that the wraparound service network is supported, um, which includes having a place to operate, I think is um, would be a huge boon to how they're able to actually grow um, the network and the services um, that they're able to support expanding hours for. Um, and I've also asked this of the uh, mayor's administration as well. Um, uh, so that would be my ask, um, knowing... We're still waiting for Servicios to continue out the work of, of building and sourcing all of that wraparound network, um, but that's needed before kind of the growth in the other area is seen. So um, uh, I'd like to see that before we grow um, kind of the um, infrastructure piece of it. Um, and seeing uh, no one else in queue, Madam Secretary, roll call please on Council Member Parity's Amendment Number One to the Mayor's proposed 2024 budget. Gilmore. Aye.
5: Sandoval? No. Alvidrez? No. Flynn? Nay. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Hines? No. Cashman? Lewis? Aye. Parity? Aye. Romero Campbell? Nay. Sawyer? No. Watson? No. Madam President? Nay. Four ayes, nine nays.
0: Four ayes. Uh, Councilwoman Parity's amendment number one has failed. Um, we will take um, the next bill. Um, Folks, we will have to break at five o'clock for general public comment. We also have an overflow room next door available um, as folks come in. Councilwoman Parity, your next amendment, please.
6: Um, Council President, the next amendment, 1641, I will just pull that and we don't need to go forward with that one tonight, we can move on to the next. Okay, Uh, thank you very much.
0: Excuse me, Madam Secretary. Um, Please put the next bill up on our screens, Uh, 23-1643. Councilwoman Parity, your next amendment, please.
6: Thank you, Madam President. I move that the mayor's proposed 2024 budget be amended in the following particulars. On page number one, on page 682, in the section titled Police Department, Appropriation 351-0000, in the budget detail of Police Investigations, Appropriation 351-2000, In the line titled Police Recruits, reduce the 2024 recommended column by $2,757,472. Number two, on page 467 in the section titled Public Health and Environment, Appropriation 6500000. In the budget detail of Community and Behavioral Health, Appropriation 6501000 in the line titled support team assistance response, increase the 2024 recommended column by $2,757,472. And number three, make other appropriate adjustments to comments, tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed budget as may be required to reflect the action directed in this amendment. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Can I get a motion and a second on this? Thank you, it's been moved and seconded. Uh, comments please and we will start with the sponsor councilwoman parity
6: thank you madam president Um, so in the 2024 budget the mayor has proposed adding an additional police academy recruit class um, from the usual two classes to three that year um, for a total cost of 8.3 million Um, and just for context the one of the most uh, nagging vacancies that we have in the city is actually for caseworkers in the department of human services um, but we aren't budgeting many millions of dollars for that The cost for 164 recruits in 2024 is on page 625 of the budget book. The total cost is about 8.3 million. The general fund portion of that is 7.8 million. Um, Because the police department has only a 6% sworn vacancy rate, 911 calls are down, according to Department of Safety data, and major crime is down in Denver, according to Department of Safety data. Um, That is what the statistics are telling us right now in fall of 2023. Um, I think the timing is right to consider shifting this funding to the STAR program. Because STAR only responds to 35% of appropriate 911 calls, um, adding to that program creates a one-to-one reduction in calls that police must respond to. So a 911 call is going to get a response. It can get a response from STAR if we grow that program. It can get a response from police if we fail to grow that program. And we know that STAR is far more effective in the kind of response that is needed for those calls um, than an armed police responder. Um, With respect to the idea of adding an additional recruiting class, um, I'd like to point out that the Denver auditor just in June of this year um, expressed serious concern with the the agency's um, recruiting um, strategy. They said the recruiting unit's current program um, lacks critical details on how the unit plans to achieve goals and communicate its progress. The recruiting unit doesn't have metrics data or a finalized plan to track the number of people applying for positions. Um, their staffing model is based on decade from d- data from over a decade ago and does not align with best practices, um, saying that staffing should be based on officers' current workloads, and the police department doesn't have effective strategies to understand and address low retention. Um, DPD recruit programs have had very low graduation rates of um, percentages in the 50s for the last couple of classes. So um, I ask all of us up here to consider, um, given that we are currently um, trying to, So, given that DPD officers also, both according to data and anecdotally, um, along with many others in Department of Safety, including firefighters, including the 911 call center, spend a huge amount of their time responding to calls, as we just heard, about people living in tents, campers, RVs, in parks, and on sidewalks, if we succeed in our push as a city to drastically reduce unsheltered homelessness, I am confident that the reduction in the Department of Safety workload will more than offset expected retirements and that current 6% vacancy rate. Um, At the very least, I'd like to wait and see before we pour millions of scarce dollars into a recruiting blitz. Um, And instead, I want us to consider funding, again, a program that takes 911 calls on a one-to-one basis um, and responds to them in a way that is more successful for those kinds of calls than a police response. I ask my colleagues to vote yes on this amendment. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilman Flynn.
10: Uh, Thank you, Madam President. Uh, This is actually not a very good day to consider uh, cutting police recruiting at a time that it's needed the most. This weekend, nine people were shot in three different incidents. In one of them, seven people, two of whom died. So I ask us to consider what cutting not one, but two recruit classes that were planned for 2024 from the budget would have. In the last three years, and I've shared this with colleagues over the weekend, in the last three years, and I'm pulling from memory, we budgeted uh, from 21, 22, and 23 a total of 477 police recruits. We managed to fill only 269 of them because we haven't been able to fill all the classes, perhaps for some of the reasons that the auditor pointed out in in his report. Of those uh, 269 graduates, uh, assuming they all made field training, that's not always a guarantee, Chief Thomas. Uh, In the meantime, 359 officers over those same three years retired or left. So we budgeted 477 police officer recruits over three years and we ended up at the end of three years with 89 fewer. In the next five years, 30% 30% of the officers in the Denver Police Department will hit their retirement number, 30% of the force. That doesn't account for officers who leave in the meantime for other opportunities. If we don't start to make up lost ground, this city is going to be in a world of hurt. The people in the last election spoke loud and clear in their choice among the mayoral candidates. They wanted more police protection. Every neighborhood in this city has asked for more officers. From East Colfax down to Harvey Park, shots fired in the neighborhood. Police can't get out there, too busy. Cars broken into, burglaries, smashing grabs. I had one neighborhood that was hit over a small, short period of time with about eight home break-ins. Apparently, they were watching the homes, and when people left, one people, one family left for just one hour. And in that hour their house was ransacked i don't think we've i don't think we've solved that one yet Uh, i don't believe the auditor suggested that we stop hiring police officers as a matter of fact chief thomas i read your response letter and the denver police department agreed with and will implement every single one of those recommendations this is not the time to stop hiring police officers when we're faced with a wave of retirements in a city That has asked and demanded more traffic enforcement in our neighborhoods, more action on shots fired on my street. I have people, a woman in Harvey Park wrote me over the weekend and she's afraid to go out at night in Harvey Park. I haven't even talked about downtown. Madam President, I ask that we uh, vote no on this uh, elimination of two classes, not one, but two, because this amendment fails to take into account that of the $7.8 million budgeted for police recruits, 1.869 million comes from the class that starts next month. So it's carryover. When you take away the 2.757 million that this amendment takes out, and then we pay for the first new class next year at 2.92 million, that leaves $266,000. Clearly not enough to run even one more class. We can't wait until 2025 to start catching up. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you so much. Councilman Gonzalez Gutierrez, will you need more than a couple minutes? Okay, Councilman Gonzalez Gutierrez. Oh, you're good? Okay. Um, seeing no one in queue, Madam Secretary, roll call on Councilwoman Paradis. Amendment number four to the proposed 2024 budget.
5: Gilmore. Aye. Sandoval? Nay. Alvitrez? Nay. Flynn? Nay. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Hines? No. Cashman? Lewis? Aye. Parity? Aye. Romero Campbell? Nay. Sawyer? No. Watson? Nay. Madam President? no four ayes nine nays
0: four eyes councilwoman parity amendment number four uh to the proposed budget has failed um if there are no objections from council members uh we will recess until five thirty and continue the remaining business originally scheduled for this session at three thirty. 30 uh, during the unfinished business section when we reconvene Uh, before reconvening that meeting council provides a half hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters except for one that's scheduled for a legally required public hearing that public comment session will begin at five o'clock
5: madam president the pre-recess announcement
0: thank you let me find that tonight council will sit as the quasi-judicial board of equalization to consider reduction of total cost assessments for one local maintenance district, phase two, Broadway Pedestrian Mall, in council district seven. There will also be a required public hearing on council bill 23-1306, changing the zoning classification for 1925 South Cook Street in University Park, and a required public hearing on council bill 23-1297, changing the zoning classification for 4583 North Yates Street in Berkeley. Anyone wishing to speak on either of these matters must go online to sign up during the recess of council. All right, folks are going to start transitioning in and out, but we've got to start our general public comment session. Um, Tonight's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam or Alejandro? Council will now reconvene from our earlier session. For unfinished business, the following items were scheduled for the 3.30 session, but were not reached. Bill 23 an amendment to the budget, 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 approval of minutes, announcements, bills for introduction, recap of bills to be called out and the block vote. We will start with, um, one moment, I need to go back. Thank you, 1649, Councilman Watson and Alvidres, amendment number one to the mayor's proposed 2024 budget. Councilman Watson, your amendment?
4: Madam President, and Councilman uh, Watson just stepped out. Councilman
0: Alvidres, do you have the amendment ready?
9: Uh, yes.
0: I'm so glad you partnered <laughs> up.
9: <laughs> uh, so just read the entire thing. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Watson and Alvidres, amendment number one to the mayor's proposed 2024 budget 23-1649. Council members Watson and Alvidrez, October 30th, 2023. Council President. I move that the mayor's proposed 2024 budget be amended in the following particulars. On page 794 in the section titled Transportation and Mobility Capital Projects, Appropriation 34801-5011000, in the line titled PZ034, Bridge Maintenance and Emergency Repairs Program, reduce the 2024 recommended column by $450,000, Number two on page 794 in the section titled Transportation transportation and Mobility Capital Projects, Appropriation 34801 5011000, in the line item PR008, Safe Routes to Schools, increase the 2024 recommendation column by $450,000. Number three, make other appropriate adjustments to comments, tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget, as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this statement. Explanation. This amendment will increase funding for safe routes to school to achieve our goals of reducing traffic-related deaths and serious injury. Thank you very much. Let's get that um, moved
0: and seconded, and it has been moved and seconded. Uh, we will take first comments by the sponsors. Councilwoman
9: Idris Thank you, Council President. Um, we have, Councilman Watson did a lot of work on this, as well as I care deeply about the safe routes to schools, as I originally, um, that was one of my original budget requests um, as a mom and as someone who lives in an area that has terrible city infrastructure, um, missing sidewalks and a highway and train tracks and all of the things that lead to traffic deaths as well as regular city streets that are actually considered state highways um, that create our high injury network this is extremely important to me um, and I know we have already taken some funding from this um, bridge maintenance emergency repairs program and that's uh, wh- where we got the rest of the $450,000 from the other previously previous amendment. So I will also just like to invite my co-sponsor, Councilman Watson, to speak on this. Thank you, Councilman Watson. (laughs) Thank you both. Councilman Watson.
11: Uh, Thank you, Councilwoman uh, um, Alvides, and thank you, uh, Council President. Uh, Councilwoman, I'm proud to um, co-sponsor this with you. I wanna start by first saying, we spoke with uh, the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure on um, uh, this amendment, because if we thought it was important to state we know that there are um, funds attached to uh, this spare bridge um, repair that needs to occur. Um, we are very confident um, in our discussions that capital funds can be identified to uh, make up that, that those funds that are taking that million dollars between the 550 for Vision Zero and the 450 um, for safe uh, schools or safe routes to schools. Why were, why did we consider this to be important? Um, with discussions with the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure Advisory Board, um, we were provided um, clear details as to the expectation for the Special Revenue Fund, the Transportation and Mobility Fund, where these dollars were originally taken out of to go uh, towards Despair Boulevard repair. Based on um, the discussion with the Advisory Board, they stated that those funds were uh, better appropriated with things that reduce um, harm with folks, uh, pedestrians, with Vision Zero, with individuals um, um, like parents, like uh, Councilwoman Alvarez, taking kids to school and finding safe routes. We thought that was a much more appropriate uh, process for the use of these funds. Um, Once again, we discussed with Dottie um, their um, initial concern on this and have spoken with them about the plausibility of additional capital funds being used for this bridge repair, we think this 450,000 is a much better use specifically based on the use um, um, needs within the special revenue fund. And we ask our colleagues to support uh, this additional 450,000 to make sure that families uh, throughout Denver can get to uh, school safely. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you, Councilman
16: Hines. Thank you, Council President. Um, I, I wanna uh, thank council members Watson and Alvedres for the, uh for the, Uh, budget amendment Uh, as uh, as we know last week uh, we passed uh, an amendment to move $550,000 over to uh, to make sure that we uh, have the ability to uh, to get around our city as a pedestrian or as a cyclist without getting killed Um, you know vision zero uh, started in 2017 and unfortunately because except for one year uh, we've continued to see more people in denver uh, die by um, uh, p- more pedestrians and cyclists, die by, by drivers in cars uh, each year than the year before. So, um, I'm glad we passed that last, uh, last week. Uh, this week is very important because um, of that subset, um, we really need to make sure that our future generations uh, can, uh, can get to school and they can think about uh, learning to become a leader in our city, state, or country or beyond. Uh, rather than worried about whether, they, um, whether they're gonna survive getting to and from that school. So uh, this is, is very important. It's, it's far more important than, um, uh, than making sure that uh, the cars can get around our city. Uh, we must uh, think about how we get around our city beyond cars uh, because if we don't, uh, we will just, a- as people continue to move to our city, they will continue to bring more cars and uh and further congest our city with exhaust um with carbon emissions uh and uh a- and unfortunately we would would uh further um risk our uh, vision zero goals thank you
8: thank you councilwoman lewis thank you thank you i'd like to uh thank both of the council members for bringing this forward um so everyone deserves to be safe in our denver streets um as a body we came together on the um On that last week with our unanimous support for Vision Zero. No one deserves to be safe more than our children in my very biased opinion as a mother. Uh, Whether it's my oldest walking across his college campus or when my youngest begins walking to elementary school, I wanna know each day that they will make it to class and back in one piece. We shouldn't have to feel like it is unsafe to walk, ride or roll to where we are going and building a lifestyle where we aren't dependent on cars should begin while we're young. Unfortunately, that reality, unfortunately, the reality is, is that we've historic, historically centered our infrastructure around single occupant car rides, and especially with the growth in oversized personal vehicles. It has made our streets unsafe. We can change that, and with a yes vote, we can do that tonight. Denver Safe Routes to School program serves school communities to create safe, equitable environments for traveling to and from school while creating opportunities that enable a fun and physical way to get around thank you
0: thank you councilwoman parity
8: yeah i just wanted to point
6: out and thank that um, it was community community advocacy um, from a lot of our transportation advocates in number who um, were sort of watchdogging the use of our transportation and mobility fund and noted that this use was probably not in the spirit of that fund, even though it was likely legal. Um, and so I just wanna say that I hope um, we continue on council to pay attention to that fund and make sure that it's directed um, to, to places that are really within its core, um, its core intent. Um, also, my five-year-old um, goes to a DPS school where there is um, intense traffic around the school every day. And so I'm really glad to see this um, little bit of extra funding being directed to Safe Routes. Thanks to everyone who worked on it.
0: Thank you all. Uh, seeing no one else in queue, what's up? Councilwoman Romero-Campbell, you have to click the button.
13: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Councilwoman, I've got you. Yes.
17: Thank you, Madam Chair, <laughs> Madam President. Um, still learning, apparently, how to work this. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for the sponsors of this, um, of my colleagues' sponsors of this amendment. Um, I think we are all in agreement that our children are our greatest asset, and making sure that they have safe passage to school is critical. Um, I also wanna specifically um, call out for Denver Public Schools. I think this is where we really get to and the idea of this is collaborative, this is something that we work on together, these are all of our children, and so the more that we can have opportunities to focus on either their safe passage to school, but other issues um, that come up um, in the city and county of Denver, I just look forward to continued partnership with Denver Public Schools for that. Uh, That's all I've got to say, but thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you,
0: Madam. Madam Secretary, roll call on Council Member Watson and Alvidra's amendment number one, the mayor's proposed 2024 budget.
5: Gilmore. Aye. Sandoval. Alvidrez. Aye. Flynn. Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Aye. Hines. Aye. Cashman. Lewis. Aye. Parity. Aye. Romero-Campbell. Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Sandoval? Sandoval? Madam President?
0: Aye.
5: 12 ayes.
0: 12 ayes. Councilmember Watson and Alvida an this amendment has passed. Thank you, everyone. Um, Bill 23 uh, 1696. Councilwoman Parity, your next amendment, please.
6: Thank you, Madam President. I was just waiting for the tech to catch up there. I move to strike Amendment 23-1648 to the mayor's proposed 2024 budget and make other appropriate adjustments to comments, tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this amendment. Um, And I'd love to have a moment to speak on it as well.
0: Sure, let me get it moved and seconded. And we've got a motion and second.
6: Councilwoman Parity, your comments. Thank you so much, Council President. All right, so um, as we've heard um, many times in recent weeks as City Council, uh, Denver Health functions as our city's safety net hospital. It serves one in four Denverites. Um, And the hospital currently sees $100 million in uncompensated care from services provided to Denver residents each year, um, a number that has really spiked since the pandemic. And despite this growth in uncompensated care, um, essentially people who are utilizing our safety net hospital who are uninsured, um the city's repayment hasn't increased in years throughout this budget cycle we've heard denver health raising the alarm that without supporting closing this gap the agency is facing significant programmatic cuts in 2024 um, and essentially needs our help to ensure that it can continue to provide Long-standing programs, um, including community health centers, and which are um, something that Denver um, pioneered, um, and also programs in the areas of mental health, substance use, and care for the unhoused. So to help close this gap, last week, um, I had proposed an amendment responding to a presentation from the mayor's office, which proposed increasing funding within DDPHE um, by $1.8 million um, to add a second Wellness Winnie van to their existing Wellness Winnie program. Um, understanding more clearly the crucial harm reduction services that are um, funded funded by that 1.8 million and that it is not in fact all new funding Um, and after extensive discussions with the department with Denver health. um, With the mayor's office with the Department of Finance, I'm withdrawing that amendment and I'm happy to share that alternate sources of funding have been identified um, at an equal or greater funding level to help meet this crucial need. Uh, denver health um, has dug in and identified several city contracts where they were able to overperform and save city funds in 2023 resulting in several projected budget surpluses um, of funding that would be returned to the city this year Um, and they are requesting that um, instead these saved funds at least 1.8 million and up to about 3.8 million be moved to the city's um, uncompensated care payment for their their gap in 2023. Um, My understanding is that this must be done through an ordinance initiated by the mayor's office um, and the mayor's office has committed um, to me and to Denver Health to run that ordinance for at least 1.8 million in the coming weeks. Um, In our wider efforts as council to help close the uncompensated care gap, um, through a request uh, that my office proposed and council voted to support in our straw poll process weeks ago. I'm also pleased that Denver Health is now working with Denver Human Services and with Rocky Mountain Human Services, which is the Denver hub for intellectual and developmental disability or IDD services, and also the state's designated community-centered board for Denver um, to develop a contract to address care provided to uninsured patients diagnosed with IDD through Rocky Mountain Human Services um, and getting treatment at Denver Health. Um, this would utilize available dollars in Denver's intellectual and developmental disabilities, equitable access to services or ideas program created by a 2003 mill levy. Um, And it's our understanding that that DHS, RMHA and Denver Health are uh, working to create a contract with a maximum cap of $5 million over the next year, to also explore new and additional services to patients with IDD at Denver Health. I wanna encourage all parties involved to make that happen and offer my office's support in any way you may need it. Um, we're really pleased that this collaboration is advancing in service of um, both folks with intellectual and developmental disability in Denver, and also to address and support a critical work that the Denver Health does for all of our, our city residents. Um, I'm grateful for the collaboration and thoughtfulness that everyone has brought to the topic of funding Denver Health in the last several weeks. Um, and i would just like to invite any representative of the mayor's office um, up to the mic to um, sort of verbalize that commitment to run the ordinance we've discussed allowing denver health to retain at least 1.8 million and up to 3.8 million of funding that they have saved on 2023 city contracts i see angela um, thank you angela if you want to sort of introduce yourself and speak to that topic in any way you'd like Thank thank you hi
18: everyone angela Casillas, legislative director for the mayor's office And yes, uh, the mayor's office is committed to running the $1.8 million uh, ordinance change um, to help with this.
6: Thanks, that's all I needed to hear. Um, I appreciate it. Folks from Denver Health, is there anything you all need to add? I see Dr. Federico coming up to the mic. If you could just introduce yourself and and add anything you'd need to say. Thank you thank you councilwoman parity thank you um, madam president Uh,
1: my name is dr steve federico i'm a pediatrician and the chief of government community affairs um, at denver health where i've been for over 20 years as a practicing pediatrician Um, we certainly appreciate um, the council's support in in, uh, looking for creative ways to support our budget shortfalls we appreciate mayor's office and denver human services working with us closely um, to uh, to work on this we've had very productive um, conversations most specifically with Mountain human services about where we might explore these opportunities both for the current population we already serve, um, as a pediatrician, you know, as you might imagine, large practice of children with developmental delays, already difficult enough to tell a parent that their child has autism, may not speak, may not walk, even more so when they're not insured or don't have the resources. And so uh, we've been operating independent of these funds and we look forward to having access to these to provide better services to our children. Thank you.
6: And while I have you, I have one other question, which is, um, I'm curious whether Denver Health also sees significant populations with IDD um, in their contract at the jail, and whether that might be another area of opportunity.
1: Yeah, thank you, um, Councilwoman Paradis. It's a great question, and one that's come up in these conversations. Um, The answer is yes, and one of, um, for example, one of the creative ideas that have come out of our conversations has been an opportunity to potentially use these funds to expand screening, um, not just in that space, but in our hospital space around adults with um, mental health issues. And the concern that some of them may be undiagnosed developmentally delayed and, and to provide and expand accesses to that population um, you know uh this is a potential opportunity
6: thank you um i share that concern um and would really love to see that partnership um focused on the services that denver health provides at the jail as well um thanks again to everyone for the work and madam president that's all that i have for comments thank you
0: thank you very much Councilwoman parity uh Madam Secretary, roll call. Um, Councilwoman Paradis Amendment Number One to Strike Amendment Number Twenty Three Sixteen Forty Eight to the Proposed Twenty Twenty Four Budget.
5: Gilmore. Aye. Sandoval. Aye. Alvidrez. Aye. Flynn. Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Aye. Hines. Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Aye. Parity? Aye. Romero-Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President? Aye. 13 ayes.
0: 13 ayes. Uh, Councilwoman Parity's amendment number one, striking amendment number 23-1648 has passed. Thank you, Councilwoman Um, Parity. Councilwoman Alvidres, uh, bill number 23-1702. Councilwoman Alvidres, your amendment please.
9: Uh, Thank you. Alvidra's amendment number five to the mayor's 2024 proposed budget 23-1702. Madam President, I move that the mayor's proposed 2024 budget be amended in the following particulars. Number one, on page 682, the selection titled police investigations in the line titled photo traffic enforcement, reduce the 2024 recommendation column by $800,000. On page 316, in the section titled Office of Children's Affairs, in the line item titled Youth Violence Protection, increase the 2024 recommended column by $800,000. Make other appropriate adjustments to comments, tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this statement. Explanation. This amendment would transfer money from the Denver Police Department's Photo Traffic Enforcement Program budget to the Office of Children's Affairs to be used for youth violence prevention grants. Thank you very much. And let's get have a move uh, motion
0: on that. I need a second. Thank you. It's been moved and seconded. Comments first by our sponsor,
9: Councilwoman Alvidres. Any additional comment? Thank you. Um, I just wanna say that in a time where we are experiencing so much youth violence in our schools and where we're putting more uh, work on the Office of Children's Affairs and trying to rebuild that relationship with DPS that I think one, the lack of spending in previous years uh, proves that this funding could easily be moved. And two, that this is a, a wise use of our funds. I think back to when I was running for office and there was a shooting at East High School, and everyone went over there (laughs) with their campaign signs. And I was at home and I was thinking, how can I go if I have no solution? And as a mom, I feel an obligation to do what I can, and as I learn, really reduce youth violence, especially in our schools. So this is a small amount, 800,000, but it can make a big impact for our young people. Thank you, Council President.
8: Thank you, uh, Councilwoman Lewis. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> thank you, I really appreciate you bringing this forward. Uh, while I have concerns about expanding a surveillance state, um, it has been a priority for me to see a decrease in interactions and in nonviolent safety concerns with armed police officers. Programs like STAR, which we've discussed at length this evening, are one solution I would love to see expanded in our city, especially after hearing from my constituency directly that, is, that it is their wish enforcement cameras are another way to decrease police interaction that I am interested in seeing pursued neighborhoods like East Colfax with the lack of traffic calming four way stops and traffic signals need a way to discourage dangerous driving and at community meetings since I took office, I've heard the request for more photo enforcement grow. I'm a voice for the neighborhoods. I'm elected to represent and I'm voting yes on the at their request. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you Councilman Hines.
16: Uh, Thank you, Council President. Um, I too will be uh, interested in uh, preserving our photo enforcement funding. Uh, This is, uh, as Council Member Lewis has said, is a a very equitable way to to make sure that we are um, having enforcement without involving a police officer with a badge and a gun, Uh, also limiting the um, uh, the, um, kind of profiling. Uh, It looks at your vehicle, it looks at the speed, um, looks at the license plate, and that's it. Um, and, uh, and so I, uh, I think it's important, I, I know, I think it's important to preserve the photo enforcement funding with the vision zero funding that we uh, reallocated with the, uh, the uh, amendment last week, uh, I sure hope that that includes a study that allows us to expand our photo enforcement in the city of Denver and if we're not uh, fully expending these funds, um, then I would, uh, I, I would make sure that uh, I would I um, hope that that study explains why, um, but it's my understanding that we are expending all of the funds for uh, photo enforcement cameras. And um, and I know that a lot of my multimodal advocates uh, wish that it were expanded. Thank you, council president.
7: Thank you, councilwoman Gonzalez Gutierrez. Thank you, madam president. And thank you councilwoman Alvidrez for, for bringing this forward. I know, um, you know, that you and I have talked a lot about how we can uh, make sure that the office of children affairs has proper resources available to address um, youth violence and having worked with a lot of young people over many years in the city and county of Denver and knowing how little resources do go towards that prevention um, and also the intervention. Uh, If we don't want to see our young people going to that next step of um, involvement in the criminal justice system, this is a way to address that before they get there and a, and a way to prevent further crime, further harm to our community. Um, and so I will be in favor of this. Thank you. Thank you. Councilman Flynn.
10: Uh, thank you, Madam President. Uh, Chief Thomas, would you be able to speak to this? I don't know if you expected to see this uh, or not, but I had some specific questions. I don't know you'll have it at your fingertips. Uh, That line item in the 2024 budget already is taking a quarter million dollar reduction from this year, from 3.5 million to 3.26 million, 7% less. What will the impact of $800,000? Yes, what would the impact of $800,000 do to photo enforcement? If you were getting rid of all the red light cameras i'd certainly favor it but if it's a, but the speeding bands are another thing
15: our contractual obligations and i think uh, very well can result in layouts i think it's important <coughs> to acknowledge that there are um five photo radar bands that we employ and four red light cameras and so um i i think that uh Evidence has suggested that those have um, promoted safety. Certainly, I think um, has been able to remove law enforcement uh, you know, from having to do that particular type of enforcement.
10: My office, I suppose, all of our offices have requested from
15: uh, Ted Porras
10: or others that the uh, the speeding the photo speeding ban be deployed in certain parts of our neighborhood where it's appropriate to deploy them, and we've appreciated that. Uh, do you know at this point? How that $800,000 decrease, on top of the quarter million less, you're also getting this uh, next year. Uh, how would that be distributed? Would you deploy the uh, the vans uh, fewer occasions? Would you take one out of commission?
15: Impact our ability to deploy all five of those vans to be responsive to community complaints. Obviously, this would have a significant impact on okay. our Vision Zero efforts.
10: You can just take it out to the red light cameras. I won that battle once. Uh, Stephanie, can I ask you a question? Thank you. I tried, right? (laughs) Stephanie, uh, the photo radar speeding van uh, is a revenue generator. Uh, If $800,000 is Taken out of that program, I don't suppose you could give us a seat of the pants uh, guess as to what the impact would we. In other words, in the budget, would we also have to make a commensurate reduction of some such in our total revenues from fines and forfeitures?
9: Uh, Stephanie kiranis Adams, Budget Management Director, Councilman. Uh, you know, I should have looked to see what portion uh, does it cut it in half. I think is that correct? Maybe something like. Yes, the, the, the short answer is yes, we would absolutely have to decrease um, revenue. That is one of the outline items that there's a correlation between the expenditures and the revenue that we receive. But I, I mm-hmm. was trying to figure out what portion, what what the percentage decrease was, that would be the, what the percentage decrease was. So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Councilman, I should, I'll go over and take sure. a peek and see what that looks like.
10: Of course, Come it on. depends on how the department would distribute the reduction, uh, when the vans are deployed, when they're not deployed, how much they could afford to put out, how much impact revenue it would have on revenue then?
9: Okay. Certainly, but it would certainly impact revenue, whether it was um, reduction in FTE or
19: a pullback on the um, contract itself.
10: Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. And for the record, I've never had a red light like camera ticket or a speeding
19: uh,
10: photo radar ticket.
20: They're all <laughs> Thank you.
10: Uh, I uh, I really appreciate the intent of this amendment, but I'm concerned about the impact on on neighborhoods uh, safety uh, from out, out of control speeding that we're seeing. I wish there were another source uh, that we could draw this from, uh, but I, I, I don't I don't believe I'll support tonight. Thank you.
6: Thank you. <laughs> Councilwoman Parity. Um, yeah, just a comment. I wanted to say that um, we've had a little bit of discussion up here about the fact that um, understanding that w- we have different forms of automated enforcement. There's red light cameras, there's speed cameras. And before the change in state law, um, speed cameras were required to be monitored in in the vans that Councilman Flynn is talking about. Um, But now with the change in state law, if we do appropriate studies ahead of time, if we assess um, the essentially civil rights impacts and the needs on the high injury network on certain corridors, um, we are permitted to begin using automated speed cameras on corridors without the need for those to be manned any longer. Um, And so I trust that um, Department of Safety and, and DOTI together um, can work on that and get those resources deployed in a more appropriate way. Um, I agree with Councilwoman Alvidrezen and um, Councilman Gonzalez Gutierrez that the funding for children's affairs is um, is desperately needed. We're seeing kids, um, with weapons <laughs> more and more. Um, as my colleague, Councilwoman Sawyer tends to point out, that's now happening um, in junior high. It's not even happening in high school at this point in time. Um, and I think that office um, is in desperate needs of the funds. I'm also confident the Department of Safety um, within you know the entirety of its budget has the ability to make up for this gap. Um, and so I'm gonna be a yes tonight. And I thank my colleague for bringing it forward.
9: Thank you very much. Councilwoman
6: This you back up.
9: Thank you. I just wanted to give a few more comments, which one thing that I have heard from community is that it's tricky because like Councilman Flynn mentioned, a lot of times where the community wants a van, it can't go there. Um, And then with the red light cameras, the other thing is that if you get that in the mail, it's subjective of whether you have to pay that um, if it's not served by an officer. So I think that they um, have a long way to, this program has a long way to go, and this funding um, for our children is pretty important. So, thank you. Thank you, Council President. Thank you. Seeing no one else in queue,
0: um, I do wanna see the administration better support youth violence uh, prevention, um, and especially uh, the staff at Office of Children's Affairs. Um, money out to community we still requires people within oca to actually get the funding out to monitor those contracts and this doesn't provide that um, i do worry about the source um, uh, we are constantly requesting additional uh photo enforcement for the speeding requests that um speeding patrol requests that we get throughout district three so i'll be a no tonight but i do want to work on um uh, making sure that we prioritize youth violence prevention funding um, and the staff for OCA in our next uh, budget hearing, which um, good news is only a few months away, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, seeing no one else in queue, Madam Secretary, roll call on uh, Councilwoman LV, there's an amendment number five to the proposed 2024
5: budget. Gilmore. Aye. Sandoval. Sandoval? No. San- oh, no. Aye. Flynn? No. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Heinz? No. Cashman? Aye. Lewis? Aye. Parody. <clears throat> Romero-Campbell? Nay. Sawyer? No. Watson? No. Madam President? Nay. Six ayes, seven nays.
0: Six ayes, Councilwoman Alvarez, amendment number five to the proposed budget has failed. Um, Thank you, everybody. Uh, One more to go. Uh, Budget amendment number 23-1650. Councilwoman Lewis, your amendment, please.
8: Yeah, let's let's go ahead and find that really quickly here. Hold on. All right. Madam President, I move that the mayor's proposed 2024 budget be amended in the following particulars. One, on page 121, estimated expenditures schedule 100B in the line titled Transfer to Human Services Special Revenue Fund, reduce the 2024 estimated column by 100,000. Two, on page 510 in the section titled Denver Human Services, Appropriation 500000, a new transfer from the property tax relief SRF to the general fund in the amount of 500,000 is added. Three, on page 527 in the section titled Denver Human Services, appropriation 5500000, and the budget details of the property tax relief program, appropriation 13813 558 Reduce the 2024 recommended column of the total program expenditures by 600,000. Four on page 510 Mm -hmm. in the section titled Denver Human Services, Appropriation 55000000, add a line titled Transfer to General Fund. Set the amount of the 2024 recommended column to to 500,000. Five on page 595 in the section titled Human Resources. Appropriation 0601000 and the line title communications, reduce the 2024 recommended column by 100,000. Six on page 365 in the section title Office of Climate Action, S- Sustainability and Resiliency, Appropriation 0107000 and the budget detail of Office of Climate Action, Sustainability and Resiliency, Appropriation 01010, and the line title communications and engagement reduced the 2024 recommended total by 100,000. Seven on page 525 in the section titled Denver Denver Human Services, Appropriation 5500000, and the budget detail of marketing and communications, Appropriation 130085527200, and the line title marketing and communications reduced the 2024 recommended column by 100,000. Eight <clears throat> on page 510 in the section titled Denver Human Services Appropriation 5500000, a new transfer from the Human Services Delivery and Administration SRF to the General Fund of 200,000 is added. Nine on page 525 in the section titled Denver Human Services Appropriation 5500000, and the budget detail of Performance Improvement and Accountability Appropriation. 13 5517 0 and the line title, Document Management re- Reduce the 2024 recommended column by 100,000, 10 on page 494 and the section title, Department of Housing Stability, Appropriation 0144000 increase the 2024 recommended column of the Dep- Department of Housing Stability, total general fund expenditures by 1 million. 11 Make other appropriate adjustments to comments, tables, schedules, and figures in the mayor's proposed 2024 budget as may be required to reflect the actions directed in this amendment.
0: Thank you very much. It's been moved. Do we have a second? Councilwoman Parity, thank you. It's been moved and seconded. Uh, we will
8: take comments first by the sponsor, Councilwoman Lewis. Thank you, Um, I wanna be sure that we are writing a budget responsibly, um, one that is fully funded and balanced, Um, and with that in mind, I'm actually pulling this amendment tonight to ensure that council can fully fund rental assistance. Um, They're coming from the same buckets. Um, But that doesn't mean that I'm done with the basic income conversation, nor my unwavering support for this project. I will continue to explore other avenues through the supplemental process to ensure it is maintained um, throughout next year as as the data um, from the project pilot program continues to come in. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilwoman. It's on the floor and moved and seconded. So we'll, you're asking us to vote no? Yes. Okay, no? thank
8: you kindly. I, okay. That's weird, but here we are. Thank you so much for clarifying.
0: <laughs> Councilman Flynn, did you wanna offer any comments still?
10: Uh, no, thank you. I, I wasn't sure if you were gonna pull it or not, Yeah. Uh, but so since it's on the floor, I'm just wondering why. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank <laughs> you, okay. Madam Secretary, roll call on Councilwoman Lewis's amendment number one to the 2024 proposed budget. Gilmore? No.
5: Sandoval? Sandoval? No. No. Hang on,
0: Shannon, before you keep moving, Madam Secretary, we don't have our screens reflecting for vote. There we go.
5: Thank you. Flynn, nay. Gilmore, no. Oh, Gonzalez Gutierrez, no. Hines, no. Cashman, nay. Lewis, nay. Parody, nay. Romero Campbell, nay. Sawyer, no. Nope. Watson, nay. Council President. Uh, President Torres? Nay. 13 nays.
0: Uh, 13, zero ayes. Councilwoman Lewis's amendment number one has failed. Thank you so much. Unanimous support. Unanimous support of the
4: (laughs) the nay. All right.
0: Um, Before we move on to the next set of items, um, I just really want to uh, give gratitude to this body for the thoughtfulness um, to which you approached all of your amendments. Um, and the work required um, to run through the budget. And to our budget team, um, thank you all very much. Um, Couldn't uh, even begin to understand all of this process without your assistance. Um, Thank you all very much, and to our legislative team. um, Thank you all. Uh, Approval of the minutes, are there any corrections to the minutes of October 30th? Madam Secretary, can we clear the speaker queue so I don't call on Councilman Flynn? again thank you so much seeing none the minutes stand approved Uh, announcements are there any council announcements today Um, as you queue up i will give one announcement council is scheduled to sit as the quasi-judicial board of equalization to consider reduction of total cost assessments for local maintenance districts one written protest of assessment for the phase two broadway pedestrian mall which is located in council district seven was filed with the manager of the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure by the deadline of October 19th, 2023. Therefore, Council will sit as the Board of Equalization for the Phase Two Broadway Pedestrian Mall. No, no written protests of assessment were filed with the Manager of the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure by the deadline of October 19th for the following local maintenance districts. And therefore, Council will not sit as the Board of Equalization uh, today, Monday, November 6th, for St. Luke's Pedestrian Mall, West 38th Avenue, Phase One Pedestrian Mall, Expanded Greektown Pedestrian Mall, Golden Triangle Pedestrian Mall, Phase Two, West 38th Avenue Pedestrian Mall, Broadway Pedestrian Mall B, (coughs) Pedestrian Mall, Broadway Viaduct Pedestrian Mall, 22nd Street and Park Avenue West Pedestrian Mall, Consolidated Morrison Road Pedestrian Mall, and Skyline Park. Um, Two announcements, Councilman Cashman.
2: Uh, thank you, Madam President. Um, I'm sad to report that Denver lost a, a passionate advocate for public education and civil rights this weekend when Jeannie Kaplan passed away on Saturday after a hard-fought battle with cancer. Uh, Jeannie served on the DPS Board of Education from 2005 to 2013, and she continued her fervent advocacy for fully funded comprehensive public education for all our children, uh, up until her last days. Um, Actually, I I first became aware of the Kaplan family um, uh, when her husband, Steve, was city attorney for then Mayor Federico Pena in the early to mid 1980s. But uh, make no mistake, Jeannie was a force of nature all on her own. She was known for speaking her mind clearly and frankly, and took no prisoners when she felt uh, injustice was afoot Um, as passionate as she was about education and civil rights she was nearly as rabid a sports fan uh, cheering on her alma mater university of michigan as well as her adopted uh, hometown denver broncos Uh, coincidentally um, her son michael and my boy jesse played together on the mother of god stars in the catholic youth baseball league about 30 years ago that's right we had a cohort of about five jewish families on the mother of god stars that season and, and i'll just say she did not hold back her enthusiasm at those games either uh when, when i first ran for this seat uh, one of the uh endorsements i truly coveted was Jeannie's. and uh not only because she was a friend uh, but because she had such a strong reputation for commitment uh, integrity and grit, uh, She endorsed me when I ran for office and celebrated when I won. Uh, but as much as she was in my corner uh, in true Jeannie style, we did have a few of those. Uh, what in the heck were you thinking lunches uh, when I made a decision with which she thoroughly disagreed. So uh, um, I, I want to send out my condolences to her husband, Steve, her children, uh, Leslie and Michael. Her uh, four grandkids who she just adored, Sammy, Sophie, Morris, and Zev. Uh, she'll be greatly missed. And uh, Madam President, I'd appreciate a, a moment of silence in honor of this devoted Denverite. Thank you, Madam President.
8: Thank you, Councilman. Uh, Councilwoman Lewis. Well, um, thank you for those words. And this is a strange transition. I would like to invite you all to the Hiawatha Davis (laughs) Senior Luncheon that will be happening in my district on December 8th um, from 11 to one o'clock. I'm at the Double Tree Hotel on MLK and Quebec. Um, We are also looking for volunteers. And so if you wanna give back to the seniors um, in our community, we have the opportunity for you to do that. Um, You can reach out directly to our council office In addition to that, um, as a part of the Mayor's House 1000 plan, we have a meeting tomorrow um, at 5.30 to 6.30 at the MLK Recreation Center, um, where we will will be discussing the proposal for the residential care um, to support folks that are unhoused. This is an opportunity for you to ask some questions, so um, hope to see you there.
17: Thank you very much. Councilwoman Romero-Campbell. Thank you, Council President. Uh, I just wanted to remind everyone, if they haven't had a chance to already cast their ballot, that tomorrow is your last day to vote. So it's too late to put it in the mail. Um, as you can see, there's a few of us that are wearing our voted stickers tonight, or voted pins, um, and just want to remind people, um, every election is an important election. So please be sure to turn in your ballots uh, before 7? 7 p.m. Oh, I almost gave the wrong time. Before 7 p.m. tomorrow, um, there is a list Uh, and in your community, you can drop it off, and that's all. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you for making that announcement. Um, One quick one, if I can ask
0: Councilman Watson to give us um, a little preview. Are we um, expecting guests on Monday? We are. (laughs) Do you (laughs) want to promo that real quick?
11: (laughs) Um, So in in honor of Veterans Day, uh, I I, I know for the, uh, the second Monday of every month, we have an artist or artists that come and provide uh, um, um, entertainment to council and to folks that are watching us on channel eight or on our cable channel. And this Monday, we will have the municipal band will be joining council and we'll be uh, presenting uh, music,
21: uh,
11: honoring our veterans. So we'll have quite a few uh, veteran groups that are gonna be here as well next Monday. So uh, watch, if you're a veteran, you are welcome
0: to come and join us as well. And thank you, council president for the reminder. Thank you. Um, seeing no one else in queue, we'll move on. There are no presentations, there are no communications. Um, there are no proclamations being read this afternoon. Uh, Madam secretary, will you please read the bills for introduction?
5: Finance From the finance and governance committee 23-1538, a bill for an ordinance making a rescission from general fund contingency and making Appropriations to agency general fund budgets, special revenue funds, and the capital improvement fund, and authorizing cash transfers. From the Land Use Transportation and Infrastructure Committee 23 1466, a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 3216 2, 3, North High Street in Cole. a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 560 South Emerson Street in Washington Park West. 23-1485, a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 3,701 West 9th Avenue in Villa Park. 23-1520, a bill for an ordinance relinquishing a portion of the easements reserved in... Ordinance number 434, series of 1979, recorded with the Denver Clerk and Recorder at Book 2019, page 206, located at 5301 Leedsdale Drive. 23-1523, a bill for an ordinance relinquishing one, a portion of the easement reserved in ordinance number 86, series of 1979, recorded with the Denver Clerk and Recorder at reception number 1979003371 zero, zero, and 2 a portion of the easement reserved in ordinance number 438 series of 1990 recorded with the Denver clerk and recorder at reception number 199070710 oh, located at 3701 West 16th Avenue from the Safety Housing from the Safety Housing Education and Homelessness Committee 23-1055, a bill for an ordinance approving a proposed second amendatory agreement between the City and County of Denver and State of Colorado Office of the Alternate Defense Council to continue providing counsel for indigent criminal defendants when a conflict exists for the Office of the Municipal, dep- municipal Public Defender citywide. a bill for an ordinance repealing and reenacting division five of article eight of chapter two of the revised municipal code concerning a city school coordinating committee.
0: Thank you very much. Council members, this is your last chance to call out an item. Councilwoman Sawyer, will you make the motions
4: tonight? Yes, Madam President.
0: Thank you, I'll do a recap. Under resolutions, Councilwoman Parity has called out the following resolutions for postponement under rule 3.7 all series 23, 1535, 1541, 1542, 1543, 1544, 1545, 1546, 1547, 1548, 1549, 1550, 1551, 1552, 1554, 1555, and 1556 under bills for introduction, no items have been called out under bills for final consideration, no items have been called out and under pending no items have been called out. Councilwoman Parity, what would you like to do for us to do with council resolutions 1535,
6: et cetera, that I previously named? <laughs> Thank you, council <laughs> president. Um, to council rule 3.7, I'm calling out all of those resolutions and I will read the numbers just in case to postpone consideration for one week on block. Um, 1541, 1542, 1543, 1544, 1545, 1546, 1547, 1548, 1549, 1550, 1551,
0: 1552, 1554, 1555, and 1556. Thanks. Thank you. And seeing no one else in queue, no motion is required. These resolutions have been postponed and that concludes the items to be called out. All bills for introduction are ordered published. Council members, remember this is a consent or block vote and you'll need to vote aye, otherwise this is your last chance to call it an item. Councilwoman Sawyer, will you please put the resolutions for adoption and the bills on final consideration for final passage on the floor?
4: I move that resolutions be adopted and bills on final consideration be placed upon final consideration and do pass in a block for the following items. uh, These are all 23 series, 1540, 1515, 1517 1518 1525 1528 1519 1527 1483 1490 1500 1530 1533 1540 34 1534 1448 1491 1492 1474 1476 1478 1451.
0: And that is it. Thank you so much. And that's been moved and seconded. Madam
5: Secretary roll call please. Gilmore. Aye. Sandoval. Alvidras. Aye. Flynn aye gonzalez gutierrez aye heinz aye cashman aye. lewis aye parody aye romero campbell aye sawyer aye watson aye madam president
0: aye Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results. 12 ayes. 12 eyes. The resolutions have been adopted and the bills have been placed upon final consideration and do pass. There are no proclamations being read this evening. Um, we will now recon- reconvene as the Board of Equalization. Council is now convened as the Board of Equalization for the phase two Broadway Pedestrian Mall. Public hearing for Phase Two Broadway Pedestrian Mall is open. May we have the staff report?
22: Ellen Dotti. tonight's Board of Equalization is for the Phase Two Broadway Pedestrian Mall Local Maintenance District. This district is located in the Baker, Spear, and Washington Park West neighborhoods. is in is within Council District Seven, <clears throat> and is generally along both sides of North and South Broadway between Second Avenue and Bayard Avenue along both sides of South Broadway, between West Alameda and to Center Avenue, and along both sides of West Alameda, from South Broadway to Cherokee. Through a successful petition and legislative process, this district was created in 1993. The primary local public improvements that were installed included <coughs> trees, low-planted landscaped areas, irrigation, decorative brick sidewalk, and grates at tree wells, streetscape furniture and trash receptacles from the city charter and the revised municipal code the purpose of local maintenance districts can be summed up as for the continuing care operation security repair maintenance and replacement of local public improvements any such local maintenance district shall have a board of five members one of which is the manager of dotty or his designee which for this district is me from the revised municipal court code the board shall have the right power, authority, duty and obligation to determine annually the total or proportionate annual cost to be assessed for the continuing care, operation security, repair, maintenance and replacement of the pedestrian mall or transit mall. The Board of Equalization Notice from DOTI dated November 3rd, 2023 and sent to council includes one protest letter containing complaints and objections received by DOTI in response to so the district's notice of proposed assessment for 2024. council sitting as Board of Equalization shall hear and determine all written complaints and objections filed with the manager and may confirm the assessments proposed or make any modifications <coughs> which may seem equitable and just.
0: Thank you, Brendan, appreciate it. We do have one speaker and he's on uh, joining us on Zoom, Jesse Paris.
21: I am so sorry about that, Council. Um, my name is Jessica Sean Parrish. I represent for Black Star Action Movement for Self Defense, Positive Action Commitment for Social Change, as well as the Unity Party of Colorado, the Northeast Denver Residence Council, Frontline Black News, Chewbacca's Black Experience Enhanced, The Revolutionary Agenda. And I reside in District 8, Chantel Lewis's District of District 8 at the Roach, Bearbug, and Mice Infested Fusion Studios. Um, there's, I just have one quick question on how much money has been allocated to this uh, pedestrian uh, mall? What is the purposes of this? Is this going in line with the camping ban? of sweeping people like trash because out of sight, out of mind. If someone could please answer that question, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Um,
0: yep. It's I'm okay. Sorry. We'll call it. We'll I'm call sorry. it. That's all right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Jesse. Do my colleagues have a motion to offer this evening? Seeing none, are there comments by members of council?
9: Councilwoman Alvarez. Thank you, sorry, I had to step out to the restroom. Um, I wanted to hear from them one more time, if that's okay from the speaker? Yes. Mr. Kelly.
22: Hi, and what is your question? So we, I
9: just wanted to hear what I missed oh, <laughs> when okay. I went to the restroom. Yeah, sorry, we haven't had any breaks, it's a except for like one I've five minute here. one, so, if you so don't I, mind. I
22: believe his question was related to uh, the appearance or some conditions. Is that, you're talking are you about? Are na- asking
9: for the general description? Well, just the general, but but also, yes.
22: So, so local maintenance districts like this one are uh, for the continuing care uh, maintenance um, repair replacement of the local public improvements and there's th- these local public improvements are within the city right of way and out at this location uh, it includes uh, trees the uh, uh, irrigation to the trees uh, street furniture low plantings uh, tree wells with uh, frame and grate Where's the uh, maintenance district
9: exactly from from where to where?
22: So this this district is along both sides of North and South Broadway, because I think it's a, I'm not sure, Bayaud, where it switches from North to South, but from North and South Broadway between Second and Bayaud, along both sides of South Broadway between West Alameda and Center, and then along both sides of West Alameda from South Broadway to Cherry.
9: Okay. And then, did you have a response to the letter that we got of opposition? I did not. You do not have a response to that?
22: I did. I did not respond. Uh, in my communications with your office, I mentioned that um, most of, most if not all of the concerns that the protester had was related to uh, things that were outside of the city right of way. So the, the local public improvements, local maintenance districts are a component of the city. They are the city and those local, the local improvements within the districts are um, in the city right of way. And so really the complaints were not related to the district.
9: And is there any way to offer this person a discount on those fees or do you think that would be possible?
22: Well, well that's what this hearing is about. So that's up to City Council or Board of Equalization to decide on that.
9: Okay, um, thank you. Council President, is there any way to postpone this a week? Because I haven't been able to do all the research on this. There's a the uh, budget going on. John, like-
0: John, do you want to give us or Anshul sure, any um, info on, like we've, we're have we in the hearing right now.
23: Yeah, Anshul um, Bakker, Legislative Council. Councilman. Council President Torres is correct. You're you're in the hearing right now. I have not considered the question as to whether you could postpone the hearing with notice to the protestant, um, but if you wanted to give me some time with a recess or something like that, I could research the issue, um, but that's kind of as much as I've got right now.
0: Would you like us to recess yes, in order to answer? Great. Yes, that would be great. Thank you. Seconded. Thank you. I'll, I, I can just call for a recess, mm-hmm. right? Do I need, a, I don't need uh-huh. a vote or a motion. Without okay. objection. Thank you. I'll um, recess, uh, let's aim for 10 minutes on That should be perfect. Okay, 10 minutes, Thank thank you. Thanks, Brendan.
24: Colorado Panorama, A People's History, is a ceramic tile mural composed of abstracted computer-digitized photographs of more than 120 figures prominent in Colorado's history. Everyone from Nikola Tesla to Molly Brown to Emily Griffith to Little Bear, this 45-minute tour will delve deeper into the artwork and the people featured in the mural. Experience the original Spider-Verse movie like never before with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse live in concert. Watch the full movie on a massive HD screen accompanied by a fusion of live orchestra, percussion, and a scratch DJ. Don't miss this exceptional event that brings beloved characters, epic music, and breathtaking visuals to life in a groundbreaking fusion of film and live music. Spend a fall day at the zoo for free, where 3,000-plus wonderful wild animals serve as ambassadors for their wild counterparts all over the world. Please note, tickets are available on a first-come, first-served basis and only available online. To find out how to get your free day tickets, visit denverzoo.org. Watch Division I basketball on November 9th as the Denver Pioneers take on Cal Poly. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit denverpioneers.com. The North Indian Classical Ensemble is a performance featuring students who practice the ornate and highly refined forms of Hindustani music and Kathak dance. Reserve your free ticket at newmancenterpresents.com. Recognized as Denver's official run for veterans, this is a memorial 5K and 10K virtual run open to everyone. All proceeds of your registration go directly to helping Colorado veterans. Register today. Denver Fashion Week is Colorado's largest fashion showcase, featuring emerging designers, local boutiques, national brands, hairstylists, makeup artists, and models. DFW prides itself on being all-inclusive, uplifting, and supportive of emerging talent. Check out DenverFashionWeek.com to learn more. That's a quick look at what's happening in Denver this week. And stay updated on all things Denver by checking out our socials.
22: in denver we know you want to stay updated on all the things that make our city great sign up for the denver local a newsletter with all the info you need from your local government in one place signing up is easy at denvergov.org denverlocal you can also follow elevating denver for exclusive video content on our youtube channel and broadcast on denver channel 8 tuesdays at 7 p.m connect to your city connect with community with the Denver Local and Elevating Denver.
4: The red signs list dates and times for street sweeping every month. Cars parked incorrectly prevent street sweepers from doing their jobs. Help your local street sweeper and park according to the signs. Avoid fines, help workers, and keep the streets of your city clean.
24: New Heights with Elevating Denver, the monthly program dedicated to profiling the people, events, and services in the Mile High City. In October, on Elevating Denver, tour the Denver Fire Department's operations. The biggest takeaway is to actually see what we do on a daily basis. Examine Denver's Wall Festival.
25: Street art lives out on the street.
24: And senior services makes a difference.
1: A place for people who other people didn't want
24: those stories and more are on the next episode of elevating denver
7: your time is valuable <laughs> that's why we're making it even easier to do business with a city just check out our new online services hub one click and you'll find a world of services at your fingertips question about street
8: sweeping check trash collection schedules check report an issue in your neighborhood you bet that's a check you can even find out where the snow plows are in your area so don't spend time searching just check out our one-stop shop at the online services hub at denvergov.org
5: denver's hop crosswalk signals are helping us cross streets more safely just press the button to activate the flashing yellow warning lights so drivers are alerted to slow down and stop giving pedestrians a safe way to cross Visit denvergov.org slash vision zero.
24: New heights with Elevating Denver, the monthly program dedicated to profiling the people, events, and services in the mile high city. In October, on Elevating Denver, tour the Denver Fire Department's operations. The biggest takeaways to actually see what we do on a daily basis. Examine Denver's Wall Festival.
25: Street art lives out on the street.
24: And Senior Services makes a difference.
1: A place for people who other people didn't want.
24: Those stories and more are on the next episode of Elevating Denver.
0: Uh, we have no other um, public speakers. Councilman Hines, did you want in the queue? Councilwoman Alvides is gonna make a motion soon. Uh,
16: yeah, I, I just wanted to say that um, uh, I would love to have seen uh, uh, the uh, person protesting uh, here in person because I might have uh, been able to come up with additional questions that would help me better understand uh, the, con- the cause for concern of the protest. Um, but because that person isn't here, uh, it makes me reticent to uh, to consider any adjustments and I would encourage them to reach out to their council member uh, for uh, for clarification uh, before this happens, uh, this Board of Adjustment meets next year.
0: Thank you so much. Seeing no one else in queue, public hearing is closed.
9: Uh, Councilwoman Alvidres, do you have a motion for us? Um, yes, thank you, Council President. I am going to move to postpone because I have not done the, Read everything on this case in order to make a decision. Thank you, Council President. Thank you. That's a mo- mo-
0: motion to postpone. Do we have a second? Second. Second. Okay. Oh, can you mention the date, Councilwoman? Uh, postponed to, to next week. Um, so to 11, uh, November 13th? <clears throat> yes, November 13th. Thank you. It's been moved and seconded. Um, Madam Secretary, roll call.
5: I don't think your mic is on.
8: Gilmore. Aye.
5: Sandoval. Aye. Sandoval? Oh. Alvidrez. Aye. Flynn. Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Aye. Heinz. Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Aye. Parody. Aye. Romero Campbell. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President?
19: Aye. 13 ayes.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, 13 ayes. Um, We'll reconvene as the Board of Equalization next week to reconsider this item for phase two Broadway pedestrian mall. Um, Thank you everyone for that one. One moment, please.
5: I just added some language in the chat. Perfect, thank you so much.
0: Okay, and we have two public hearings tonight. As a reminder, council members um, who are online, and they've been doing this, um, need to turn on your video during the vote. If you're participating in person when called upon, please come to the podium on the monitor on the wall. You'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually when called upon, please wait until our meeting host promotes you to speaker. When you're promoted, please accept this promotion. Turn on your camera if you have one in your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks by telling council your name and city of residence. And if you feel comfortable, your home address. If you have signed up to answer questions only, please state your name and note you are available for questions of council. Speakers will have three minutes. There is no yielding of time. If translation is needed, you will be given an additional three minutes for your comments to be interpreted. Speakers must stay on the topic of the hearing and direct your comments to council as a whole. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech and refrain from individual or personal attacks. Councilwoman Sawyer, we could please put Council Bill 23-1306 on the floor for final passage?
4: I move that Council Bill 23-1306 be placed upon final consideration and do pass.
0: Thank you very much. Let's get a motion and a second. Thank you. It has been moved and seconded. The required public hearing for Council Bill 23-1306 is open. May we have the staff report. Hi, Libby.
25: Hi, thank you, Council President. My name is Libby Glick with Community Planning and Development and I'll be presenting the MAP amendment for 1925 South Cook Street. So tonight we'll discuss the request, the existing context and the rezoning process and we'll conclude with the review criteria. Um, The applicant is requesting to rezone the property from ESUD to ESUD1 to allow for an ADU. So now we'll discuss the existing context This application is located in Council District 6 in the University Park neighborhood. Um, So the current zoning is Urban Edge single unit D. This allows for the urban house building form. Existing land use is a single unit residential use and then there's park and open space directly to the south. This slide shows the existing building form and scale with the subject property on the top. Um, So now we'll speak through the rezoning process. So this application was complete um, on July 21st and a notification to property owners within 200 feet was sent out. Um, This went to planning board on September 6th and we are here before you today for the city council public hearing. Um, To date, we have not received any, um, any comment letters from members of the public or registered neighborhood organizations. As stated previously, this went to planning board on September 6th and the, at that meeting, the board voted unanimously to recommend approval of this rezoning. Now we'll discuss the review criteria. The Denver Zoning Code has five review criteria that must be met in order for a rezoning to be approved. The first is consistency with adopted plans, and there are three plans that are applicable to this rezoning. Um, you can find more information on how this rezoning meets the comprehensive plan in the staff report, so I'll just talk about the subsequent two. Um, so, starting with Blueprint Denver, um, the future neighborhood context is mapped as urban edge. And then the future place type is low residential, which talks about ADUs are appropriate. And then the future street type um, for Cook Street is a local street. Um, the growth area strategy is all other areas of the city. This is where we ante- anticipate to see 10% of new jobs and 20% of new housing by 2040. So, an ADU will allow for, you know, um, a small growth in housing and then there are also specific policies that relate to adu so for example this policy in the land use and built form housing policy 4 discusses diversifying housing choice through the expansion of adus throughout all of denver's neighborhoods Um, and this the university is the university park neighborhood plan is also applicable to this rezoning. Um, and that talks about allowing redevelopment that will encourage revitalization and reinvestment um, that is also compatible with the existing character of the neighborhood. Um, This rezoning will also meet the next two criteria and that it will uh, um, result in uniformity of district regulations and it will further the public health, safety, and welfare by allowing for development that's compatible with the existing character, um, as well as allowing for gentle density on this site. Um, the justifying circumstance is that blueprint denver is calling for adus throughout all of our neighborhoods here in denver and then lastly this um, proposed zoning is consistent with the urban edge neighborhood context um, the single unit res- um, place types and then the esud one um, zone district so finding all five review criteria have been met staff recommends approval of this rezoning And that concludes my presentation, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Libby.
0: Uh, We have three folks signed up to speak this evening. If you're here in person after your name's called, please make your way to the front bench. We will start with Bruce O'Donnell.
26: Good evening, Madam President and members of council. My name is Bruce O'Donnell. I'm at 825 East Spear Avenue in Denver, and I'm the uh, zoning representative uh, rezoning 19th. South Cliff this evening from ESUD to ES, ESUD-1 for the limited purpose of allowing an ADU. Uh, this is an ideal location for this. It's a, a corner lot uh, bordered by open space on the south and it's alley served. And so it's really set up nicely to accommodate an ADU. And uh, we agree with the findings in the staff report that the rezoning meets the city's criteria uh, most particularly with plan support in Blueprint Denver, the neighborhood plan. And this is evidenced by CPD staff report recommending approval and also the unanimous vote of planning board recommending approval tonight. And with that, I request that city council vote to approve bill 23-1306 rezoning 1925 South Cook from ESUD to ESUD1. And I'm available to answer any questions should the member of council have Thank you.
0: Thank you. Our next speaker is joining us on Zoom,
21: Jesse Paris. Yes, good evening members of council, those watching at home, those in the council chambers. My name is Jesse Michelle Paris and I'm representing for Black Star Action Movement for Self-Defense, Positive Action Commitment for Social Change, as well as the Northeast Denver Residence Council, the Unity Party of Colorado, Frontline Black News, Chewbacca's Black Experience Enhance, uh, the Revolutionary Agenda, and I reside at the Fusion Studios, the Roach, Bear Bug, and Mice Infested Fusion Studios in District 8, Chantel Lewis's district. Uh, I'm going to be quick with this. I just want to know, um, what is this ADU going to be used for? Um, is this going to be for like an Asian family member? Or is this going to be an addition to our house and stock? If someone could please answer that question, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, I have one more question. How many ADUs have been approved? and District 6. If someone could answer those questions, I would really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Our next speaker is in chambers. We have Jeff Baker.
21: Jeff
14: Baker, I'm at 2422 Champa Street here in Denver. I am the designer builder for the client and I am asking that you approve this rezone to allow us to build an ADU. And I'm available for questions if you have. Thank, Thank you. you very much.
0: Ma'am, we didn't have another name in, but we're happy to add you if you'd like to make comment. Just let us know your name.
19: My name is Andrea Taylor.
0: Great, go ahead.
19: Um, I'm the owner and the applicant, and I reside at 1925 South Cook. My plans to build an ADU are to allow for some independent space for my 21-year-old son that will be graduating college and moving back to Denver. And I hope to create an affordable living space for him where he can be independent from our family and help him get on his feet financially. Um, I also agree with the findings in the staff report that the rezoning request meets City's criteria, and I am requesting that City Council approve Council Bill 231306, rezoning my property 1925 South Cook Street from ESUD to ESUD1. Thank you um, for your time and consideration, and I will also be here to answer any questions.
0: Thank you so much. We accidentally had you under the next hearing. So thank you all. Um, that concludes our speakers. Are there any questions for members of council on Bill 1306? Councilman Cashman? Yeah, thank you, Madam President. Um, either the
2: designer or the owner. I'm just wondering, as I recall, it is a, a rather large lot overlooking the uh, prairie park along bucktail boulevard um are you planning this this would be a new structure correct you have an attached garage i believe
0: come on up to the mic please we can't hear you back there
14: so it'll have a new garage on it there's no there's no uh building back there currently
2: right so are you anticipating a one or two story structure it'll be two story it will be yeah okay Okay, so you, you do already have an attached garage on, on the main home, correct? So this would just make an all-purpose unit for your son or whoever might de- end up living there? That's correct. Great, okay, that's all I got. Thank you for thank that. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Seeing no one else in queue, the public hearing is closed. Comments by members of council on Bill 1306, Councilman Cashman?
2: Yeah, thank you, Madam President. Uh, this clearly meets the... Uh, criteria that that we judge these by and it's always interesting you know to ask questions out of interest because uh, when you get the uh, uh should you get the zoning passed uh, you can build whatever you care to build within the limitations of our building code and what your particular zone district allows my, my personal preference i kind don't of like adus being used for short-term rentals personal preference, it's legal. So you have full freedom to make use of the structure again in any way that the building code allows. So I will be uh, voting in favor of this tonight and would ask my colleagues to join me.
0: Thank you very much. Seeing no one else in queue, Madam secretary roll call on council bill 23-1306. Gilmore. Aye.
5: Sandoval? Aye. Alvidras. Aye. Flynn? Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Heinz? Aye. Cashman? Aye. Lewis? Aye. Parody? Aye. Romero Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President?
0: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results.
5: 13 ayes.
0: 13 ayes. Uh, Council Bill 23-1306, excuse me, has passed. Thank you very much. Um, Our next hearing, Councilwoman Sawyer, will you please put Council Bill 23-1297 on the floor for final passage?
4: I move that Council Bill 23-1297 be placed upon final consideration and do pass.
0: Thank you, and that's been moved and seconded. The required public hearing for Council Bill 23-1297 is open. Uh, Maybe we have the staff report?
23: Hi. Hi. Good evening, Council, my name is Will Prince with Community Planning and Development, and I'll be presenting the uh, presentation for 4583 North 8th Street, uh, case number 22, 2023i number 102, request from USUC1 to USUA1. We'll be going over the request, the location, and context, the process, and of course the review criteria. Uh, So this property is a single unit residential uh, property, approximately 8,770 square feet. And again, it is currently uh, zoned urban single unit C1, and the request is for urban single unit A1, ultimately to allow for a lot split. Um, This allows the urban house, as well as detached accessory dwelling units, uh, with a max height for the primary structure at 30 feet and for the ADU, 24 feet, um, with a minimum lot size of 3,000 square feet. Uh, once split, this would be approximately 4,385 square feet between the two lots. Uh, moving forward to the location the context, this is located in Council District 1 with Council Member Sandoval in the Berkeley neighborhood. Again, the existing zoning, zoning is USUC1, Uh, which is the majority of the neighborhood. Nearby is OSA to the north, UTUC to the east, uh, two parcels of USUA-1 to the south, and uh, small clusters of UMX-2 to the uh, south-west, yes. Um, As for the existing context for the land use, it is single-unit residential, which is the majority of this neighborhood, but there's a mix of multi-unit and some two-unit throughout as well as uh, commercial retail and of course uh, open space to the north here you can see the subject property uh, one-story residential as well as some nearby uh, one to two-story residential uh, further down the street as for the process this was uh, received as informational notice in july it was properly noticed and heard at planning board and was approved uh, in september it was uh, heard here at the Luty committee on September 26th, and was, again was properly noticed uh, for this public hearing, and we are here today for the public hearing, uh, November 6th. Uh, so far, we have received five public comments in opposition, mostly stating privacy and pro- close proximity, and there have been no r comments to date. Moving forward to the review criteria. <coughs> we'll review each, each of the five criteria for this case, uh, according to the Denver zoning code. Uh, With consistency with adopted plans, uh, the two citywide plans are applicable here, starting with comprehensive plan 2040, two equity goals have been identified for this site to increase development of housing units close to transit and mixed use developments, as well as to create a greater mix of housing options in every neighborhood for all individuals and families. And under climate, uh, (coughs) the additional strategy is to promote infill development where infrastructure and services are already in place. Moving forward to Blueprint Denver, uh, this is been ident- identified as urban neighborhood context, so that does not change. And it is uh, for future place, it is low residential, which we have a predominantly single and two unit uses as well as accessory dwelling units. Future street type 8 itself is local. Um, 46th and 48th are residential collectors and Sheridan on the city county line is uh, residential arterial. We have additional guidance for low residential, uh, looking at lot size, as stated in Blueprint Denver on page 231. It is only appropriate to allow smaller lot sizes in the existing zone district if there's an established pattern in the surrounding blocks of smaller lots with similar uses that would be consistent with the zone district. Um, so this property is highlighted in the green box here. It's a red, identified as red and being over 7,000 square feet. Um, So currently being over 8,000 square feet, when split to two lots, about 4,385 each, it will be more consistent with the surrounding area, which are less than 45 square feet, which is predominantly the blue squares, uh, blue parcels in this map, um, as well as the nearby USU A1 to the south on Yates Street. And finally, uh, growth strategies. This identified to all other areas of the city where we anticipate 10% of job growth and 20% of residential growth. Uh, moving forward with the remaining <laughs> review criteria, um, this will meet uh, uniformity of district regulations and will follow all zone district building forms, use design and regulations. We'll further public health, safety and welfare by implementing our adopted plans, as well as providing additional housing unit uh, integrated to the surrounding neighborhood. As for justifying circumstances, this uh, is uh, applicable for a city adopted plan being Blueprint Denver, as well as uh, Comprehensive Plan 2040. In consistency with neighborhood context, zone district purpose intent, this rezoning will meet the urban neighborhood context as well as the zone district purpose and the intent of the USA1 zone district uh, permitting urban house and ADUs with a minimum lot size of 3,000 square feet. And based on the information provided in the staff report, as well as this presentation, CPD recommends approval based on finding, have, all finding have been met. Um, ha- happy to answer any further questions, as well as the applicant is present today. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. We have four people signed up to speak this evening, if you're here in person. After your name's called, make your way up to the front bench. We will start with Kathy Loftus.
18: Good evening. Uh, My name is Kathy Loftus. I'm in District 1, and I am the applicant for this rezoning request. My husband and I are actually also the owners of this property. We are Berkeley residents. Um, We've lived in the neighborhood about three years in a home that we built and designed um, about two streets down from this property. So we're very vested in this neighborhood um, and in the charm of everything that is Berkeley. The end goal with this rezoning request is to be able to split this property into two equal lots, putting a single family home on each lot. We're asking for the rezoning because while our lot is very large, it is not large enough to split under the current zoning requirements. At 8,770 square feet, this lot is one of the largest in the neighborhood. Our block, like most of the neighborhood, is very eclectic in lot sizes and building types. We have a triplex, a multi-unit building, and many homes less than 2,500 square feet, all located on our street and our block. Also on our street and our block are two homes that have been rezoned to usua A1. If the lots are able to be split, they would be 4,385 square feet, and they would not be out of context for the neighborhood. Currently, 48% of the lots in the surrounding area fall below the minimum lot size requirement of 5,500 square feet. On our block specifically, there are 11 lots that are comparable in size or smaller than the proposed lots at their split size. What does and does not change with rezoning? What does not change with rezoning is the coverage allowed on the lots, the setback requirements, and the building forms allowed. What does change is the maximum building height. We would be capped at 30 feet if we split the lots into two properties. Currently, because of the lot size, we can build up to 35 feet, so we would be five feet lower. The current lot size is out of context with the neighborhood, which means a new home built on this lot will be larger than anything on the street and most of the neighborhood. We believe the rezoning and then development of two homes will align the lot sizes and the homes better within the current fabric of the neighborhood. It will also improve density, and affordability within the Berkeley neighborhood. I appreciate your time. Ask for your approval and available for questions. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Our next speaker is on Zoom, Jesse
21: Paris. Yes, good evening members of council, those watching at home, those in the council chambers. My name is Jesse Bashan Paris. I'm representing for Black Star Action Movement for Self-Defense, Positive Action Commitment for Social Change, as well as the unity party of Colorado, the Northeast Denver Residents Council, Frontline Black News, Shabaka's Black Experience Enhanced, The Revolutionary Agenda, and I reside at the Fusion Studios, the Roach Bedbug and Mice Infested Fusion Studios in Chantel Lewis's district of District 8. Um, this meets all the criteria, so that's already out the way. The only question I have is what is the split uh, for? Um, I don't think I heard the occupant explain exactly what the split was for. Um, pertaining like to a family member or a community member. She explained that, you know, her lot was really big and she wanted to split it into two, but she didn't really explain why she wanted to split it into two. So if she could explain that, I would greatly appreciate it. And also um, how many ADUs have been approved in District 1? If the councilwoman Amanda Sandoval can answer that question, I would also greatly appreciate that. Thank you. I have a good night.
0: Thank you. Our next speaker in chambers is James Loftus.
3: My Kat is my wife. Um, as she stated, uh, we live in council district one, uh, two blocks from the property. I primarily signed up um, in order to um, address any opposition questions, things like that, um, since nobody else has spoken in opposition. Um, I think Kathy covered most of the of the items. Um, I ask that you please uh, move to approve the request to rezone the lot from USUC1 to USUA1. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you very much. Our last speaker uh, joining us on Zoom is Alejandra Castaneda.
27: Hello, good evening. I know every ma- everyone. Hello, this is Alejandra Castaneda. I live in District 1 with my daughter, Violeta. I'm speaking today not only in support of this zoning change, but also in support of inclusionary zoning that removes barriers for ab- abundant, dignified housing in our city. I had a long public comment I was going to give, but I know everyone has been working all day and we are all tired. Um, I just wanted to encourage uh, this council um, to proactively work to remove barriers so that we can build homes for people across our city, not, you know, have hearings one by one to see who can, who can build what in residential neighborhoods, you know, residential neighborhoods are for homes and homes are for families. So um, instead, you know, maybe we wouldn't be struggling to find money for rental assistance. Maybe we wouldn't be struggling to fund sidewalks in our neighborhoods. Maybe we wouldn't be all dependent on our cars to go to work, to go to school, to see the doctor, to visit our parents. So thank you for your time and have a good evening. Thank you very much. That concludes our speakers. Are there questions for members of council on
7: 1297? Councilwoman Gonzalez Gutierrez. Thank you, Madam President. And uh, thank you for being here tonight. I have, um, I guess uh, one question I have uh, is around the the folks that um, sent in letters of opposition. Have those issues been resolved or has there been any follow-up on those concerns with those neighbors?
3: Uh, James Loftus. So we didn't know if it was appropriate to reach out to them to address their concerns or not. it seemed like there may have been some confusion about what we were trying to do. Um, our main goal was to rezone so that we could split the lot. And it seemed like the opposition was they shouldn't be able to rezone, they should just split the lot. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like we were, the impression I had was we were kind of going towards the same goal, but. Maybe they just didn't appreciate how we had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it was stated earlier, you know, we're trying to go USU A1 and there are two uh, lots on our same side of the street, on our same block, that were successfully able to do that.
7: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um,
3: I, I, I don't know, did that answer your no, question?
7: No, I think it, yeah, I think it does. But um, so my other part of the question is, what is the intended purpose is, so you have a home that you live in, is, And so this is additional property that you purchased, and are now, you know, rezoning it to then create two additional properties. That I believe, I would imagine you're. I guess the question is whether or not you're hoping to sell those properties, and just curious if you know. I've heard something said about affordability and things like that, and I'm sure. just curious, like what does that actually look
13: like?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am a small-time developer. Um, we build, uh, for ourselves, we move every probably four years on average. And so we'll buy a lot. We'll, uh, mostly infill. So we'll scrape what's there, build a new home within the context of the neighborhood, live there for a couple of years and do the same. Um, and so our goal is to split the lot, build two homes, which by the way, if we split the lot, we'll be on a similar size lot that we're on right now. Um, so we're, we're familiar with working within the constraints of that uh, size.
19: But anyway, so, so
3: we would likely sell our home and move into one of the homes that was being built. So, and, and I do wanna point out that the, the current lot at, at almost 9,000 square feet is a huge outlier in the neighborhood. They're just, there's not many lots that are that size. And because of how expensive real estate is um here in the denver area uh you know developers have to max out square footage things like that in order to get a return um maxing a lot out this size with a single family home is just gonna it's it's not ideal for that neighborhood if that makes sense
7: and uh, around addressing issues of affordability i mean I. I grew up in North Denver, and, sure. and I've seen the changes that have happened there. You Absolutely, know, being there for three generations. Yes, my family. Um, just curious, okay. you know, is that something that's being taken into consideration with the building so, of these properties? So, it
3: it is in the sense that um, if we built one massive home, likely with the large ADU
13: mm-hmm.
3: on this big lot, that that home is going to go for significantly more than two single-family homes would. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that those two single-family homes would go, you know, more in line with what other homes in the neighborhood are selling for,
7: which is really expensive. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Um, and you said to fit in within the context of the neighborhood. Are you only referring to the lot size, or are you also referring to the character? Because I was looking you know, we have access to Google Maps as all of us do and looking at some of the developments that have happened on that block alone. Yes. Um, and there are some interesting, you know, builds that have happened um, that I don't know that necessarily fit in within the context of the home. And I know that um, Councilwoman Sandoval, I think, has made a lot of efforts in making sure that new development is matching the character of, of those communities.
3: Yes, so she is the designer and I'm the builder and um, we uh, are very thoughtful about what we design and build in the neighborhoods Um, again two blocks away is a a prime example Um, where we live now we designed and built that home and uh, in my opinion obviously it's objective it fits in wonderfully with the with the neighborhood and and uh, our neighbors on our block have, have said as such as well thank you you're welcome
8: thank you councilwoman lewis I just have two quick questions. Yes. Um, the first one, you said you would uh, live in one of the properties and you would do what with the second?
3: Yes, correct.
8: No. What's, what are you doing with the second property? Oh, I would sell that
3: one. I apologize. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah.
8: Um, and then um, I think you mentioned earlier that some of the concerns in terms of opposition was around privacy. What specifically around privacy? privacy did you all hear so
3: so there um so there were five letters of opposition um that came from three households um so uh the reason i bring that up is that directly to the south of us is a new build home built in 2017 uh with an adu uh off the back Mm -hmm. so two letters came from that household um primary uh the the owner of the house in the front uh just trying to recollect what his he basically was just in general like hey i'm concerned about homes being built you know next to ours Uh, and i think his concern was adus which we're not sure if we're going to do adus or not um we need to get through this before we start the design and feasibility of doing that um but the other uh letter came from the person that rents the adu in the back and i believe that person's concern was that they would be potentially looking at another adu you know out the window cool thank you you're
8: welcome thank you
0: very much seeing no one else in queue public hearing is closed thank you sir
13: thank you
0: uh comments by members of council we'll start with councilwoman sandoval
18: Thank you, Madam President. Um, I support this rezoning, and um, this lot is an outlier, so I hope my colleagues can support it as well.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Looked a little techno rave up there. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Um, Seeing no one else in queue, um, I'll also be supporting this. Um, I actually think your current uh, uh, occupants of that home probably face more privacy concerns with the other neighborhood neighbors with taller buildings than um, you will to them. So um, uh, look forward to uh, seeing what you build there. I think small lots create really interesting ways of approaching um, uh, housing for uh, families in, in North Denver. So thank you very much. Um, seeing no one else in queue, Madam Secretary, roll call on Council Bill 23-1297.
5: Gilmore? Aye. Sandoval? Aye. Alvitres? Aye. Flynn? Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Hines? Aye. Cashman? Lewis? Aye. Parody? Aye. Romero Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Aye. Madam President.
0: Aye. Madam Secretary close the voting and announce the results. 13 ayes. 13 ayes. Council Bill 23-1297 has passed. Thank you very much. Thank you, William. On Monday, December 4th, 2023, Council will hold a required public hearing on Council Bill 23-1466, changing the zoning classification for 3216 North High Street in Cole, a required public hearing on Council Bill 23 1481 changing the zoning classification for 560 South Emerson Street in Wash Park West and a required public hearing on Council Bill 23-1485 changing the zoning classification for 3701 West 9th Avenue in Villa Park. Any protests against Council Bills uh, 1466, 1481 or 1485 must be filed at the Council Office no later than noon on Monday, November 27th, 2023. There being no further business before this body, this meeting is adjourned.
13: it was too high. I, right. no, no, Watch no, no, no.
10: as he astutely ensures that there's no wind and how he removes some of the debris to create a smaller, safer burning
26: pile.
4: No, you can't make, no, make it bigger, baby. The bigger, the better. Take note right. of our fearless
10: furry friend here, yeah. humans. I appreciate
4: it. First bump. He's <laughs> watching you.
1: Smokey's done it again. Bye, Smokey.
10: Only you can prevent wildfires.
20: Great show for y'all. This nigga got me looking for replacements. Conversation lagging, I lost my patience. I don't give a damn what you're saying. There's nobody home. I'm waiting. This nigga got me looking for replacements. I'm a sinner, I've been lying in my savings. To myself, into a ruin the hell i'm doing i just babbling and i don't really know where i'm going i'm just roaming